Yo, what's up, everybody? It's time for the In Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, my partner in crime, my brother from another mother, Jim Cross. Jim, tonight's episode 12, titled Running It Back, because tonight we got on defending national champion with Kentucky women's volleyball, Allie Stumbler, and they're looking to run it back and repeat as national champions, man. But before we bring Allie on, I, I got to talk to you. You had a great weekend, but the holidays are hitting us hard, man. The supplements are, are, are seeming to work, but not doing exactly what we need them to do, man. I know that you're in the gym constantly. You're grinding. What are you doing that's putting you over the top that's, that's really, you know, taking the edge off this holiday season? Well, man, it's all about who you surround yourself with. No different than who you surround that holiday dinner table. And, man, you know, I work out of Club Four in Hernando. And, you know, some of our guests like Austin Riley or Jacob Duncan, Dylan Hill, they all work out there too. But, man, there is a trainer there by the name of Austin Griffin. And, man, he is there for your for your motivation needs. He's there for your training needs. He does the diet. He can hook you up in any way, shape, or form. And so, man, if you really want to get if, – if you're new to the gym or you're somebody who needs to get back into the gym or you want to lose some of that holiday weight, whatever the case may be, Austin can help you out. So check out Austin Griffin at Club 4 in Hernando. Yeah, man. Y'all go get yourself right. Get yourself together. The holidays are a tough time, but they shouldn't be an excuse. Go see Austin, Club Four, man. He'll take good care of you and let him know that in off the bench sent you. Hey, man, you had a good weekend in the Big Easy. What happened? Talk to me about it. Uh, it was just good because I got to spend time with my family. You know, you wipe that football game aside. Um, nonetheless, you know, being in New Orleans, beautiful weather, um, eating, eating on patios, hanging out with the kids. Uh, so, you know, take that, take that football game away. It was, it was, it was good times. And I never have a bad time when I go down to the boot. Man, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to one up you. I'm going to take the volleyball or I'm going to take the football game away and I'm going to raise you a volleyball player, not only just a player, but the current SEC player of the year, man. So let's get into it. Let's bring her on to the show. Help me welcome on with the biggest interview in podcasting this week, Kentucky women's volleyball national champion and current SEC player of the year, Allie Stumler. Right, Allie, what up? How are we doing tonight? What's up? Doing great. How are you guys? We are blessed as always. And it's it's one of those things where tonight is, is an awesome night because not only do we get a chance to talk to you and get your story for the first time, but we get to bring back on not only a defending national champion, but we get to bring on the current SEC Player of the Year University of Kentucky, women's volleyball, putting it on the map. Like, how does it feel? I know it's 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 really probably pretty new accolade to add to your list of many accolades. So how does it feel to get that title and the hard work that you put in to, to earn it? Yeah, it is um, just a huge honor. Obviously, you look at people who have earned it before from our program, Madison 
son Lily from last year. I mean, just one of the best to come through our program. Leah Edmond the year before that. Um, and I'm blanking on who it was before that. It might've been Leah again. I don't know, but um, there's multiple girls. And so it's just really an honor just to look. And, you know, I've looked up to those players for my whole career and even before and just saw the way that they led UKVB and how they um, played the game and held themselves and their character. And so, you know, to be up there with them and have that same award and accomplishment, it's really just awesome. And it's a true blessing just to, you know, add that to the list. And it's really cool. Yeah, I, I, I want to congratulate you and, you know, you know that's, a, that's a big time accomplishment and I'm sure hopefully uh, there's more bigger accomplishments along this journey um, between now and the end of the season. But yeah. you talked about looking up to people. I got to ask, how do you think opposing players feel when they look up and they see you about to slam the ball right in their face? Like, I, I feel like it's got to be intimidating. It's got to be, you know, the the most the scariest thing that I could ever picture happening in a volleyball match. I hope it's scary. I, I hope I am. <laughs> I probably don't come off very scary. I smile a lot from what I've heard, and I'm probably not the scariest ever to look at. But hopefully, you know, I've put some fear and intimidation in people. That's the goal. I mean, I I can confirm this that I have heard that you've busted a few people right in the face of the ball. <laughs> Just saying. I Just saw it in person. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I'm proud of it. I'll, I'll, I'll own up to it. I'm proud of those. Shoot, <laughs> I would be too, man. If I could even get up high enough to even spike the ball over the net, I'd be stoked, much less to drill one right back at somebody. So, um. <laughs> With that, I, I want to get into this. I want to I want to get the backstory first. So take me back, Allie Stumbler, as a kid. Where did you Where did you grow up? What was it like growing up? What was the family like? Give me Give me the whole gamut of, of your childhood. Um, yeah. So family is kind of everything to me. Um, we're really close. Like going back for Thanksgiving, there was like thirty or forty of us. I got together Wednesday night for Thanksgiving and that was like just the highlight of the year. I love, you know, we obviously don't always get to celebrate Thanksgiving. So it was so great um, getting the family together. We actually grew up. So I have one older brother, Christian, he's now married. So now a sister-in-law as well. But um, so me and him, we grew up right in one neighborhood, 40 acres, just us and family, my grandparents on my dad's side, um, and then my dad's brother and his family, my dad's sister and their family, my mom's sister and their family, my grandparents. So it's just like the whole family. Um, so we grew up doing all the activities, everything together. Um, I started playing volleyball when I was eight years old. So second grade, um, my older cousin, Courtney, she was going to try out for the local club team. And I was like, sure. I was pretty tall, lanky at the time and loved sports, loved everything about athletics. So, um, I started playing and fell in love with it. And I would say around like 14 years old was when I knew that this was something I was probably going to do for a while and kind of started looking into college and those things. But yeah, um, faith is also a really big part of me. And I grew up like two minutes from the church that my grandparents actually started um, and we all just went to the same, uh, Christian school. I graduated with like 50 people. So my high school was super small. 
Um, but it was just awesome. And I love community. And that's also just a huge part of me. I think that's why I'm so close to my family is just because I love the community aspect. And that's what makes Kentucky volleyball so special is because you truly have that community feel. And I know that probably sounds basic and cliche, but it really is true. And you ask anybody that's been at this program and they would agree to that, I think. So kind of hit a lot of aspects there, but yeah. No, I mean, you, you nailed it on the head because we've had, you know, athletes from all walks of life, every sport imaginable. And they all say, especially in the team sport game, they all say, you know, we weren't necessarily the most athletic or the most talented, but the culture that we had on the team is what allowed us to be the best. And so, you know, growing up in Indiana on 40 acres, where when you do go to church, you're seeing everybody in the town at once. It's like, I, I can, I can feel it when you, when you're talking about it, the passion that, that, that comes from it, that exudes from what you're saying, that it is like a family. It is small and tight knit and like people care about each other. And I can only imagine that that bleeds over into how you, you, you carry yourself on the volleyball team at, at Kentucky, but also how you carry yourself growing up. So you gotta, you gotta answer this for me. When I picture 40 acres, Indiana, not a lot of people like how does volleyball get introduced? I know you said that you were tall and lanky, but like, is our sports a thing? Like, like, I, I feel like it's, it's tough to like have a club because it, it's so small. Yeah. So I actually, yeah. Indiana basketball, not sure if you know about it, but huge thing. Um, I actually grew up playing basketball. That's kind of, kind of the thing. Um, but yeah, so basketball is obviously really big. Again, went to a really small school, so it wasn't as big of a deal there. But the local high schools, public schools, huge deal. So that was more kind of the thing. But, you know, growing up, then everyone started playing volleyball. And the numbers of volleyball players now is increasing so much every single year. So there was a club like um, it's called Union Volleyball, like 20 minutes. So we lived like up on the hill and you go like down the knob. We lived up in the knobs. So you go down the knob and there's like the big city where my high school was. And so there was a little club there um, and that's where I started. But then when I started getting really serious about it, I actually went over to Louisville, um, Kentucky and started playing there. Obviously a much bigger city, um, a lot more high schools and stuff pouring into that area. So once I knew I was going to play, I figured I needed to transfer over and start taking it more seriously. So yeah, Louisville is close enough. It's like 30 minutes away. So that's where I found myself. So Daniel, when she, she let off with basketball, you were picturing the same thing I was when it came to 40 acres, you were picturing that barn with a basketball goal oh, posted up. Yeah. The, the milk crate basketball goal. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking like, you know, I, I, I will say this, like if it's winter time, like you're probably looking for a sport to play indoor. So I would imagine that basketball and volleyball, like because you could do it year round, it's indoor and it's comfortable weather, like all the time, you, you probably get a lot of participation when it comes to those sports, as opposed to like a, like a baseball or a softball or, you know? Yeah, um, absolutely. The outdoor sports, mm -mm, not for me. Unless I'm in Florida, not for me. Nope. Well, that's where I am. And like, you, you'll hear you get a lot of, singular sport athletes that specialize in one thing because 
in order to be really good and, and to stay up to pace, you almost have to specialize in that one sport year round. So mm-hmm. um, I'm not an advocate of singular sports. My kid won't just play one particular sport. They will play multiple sports. Um, I just philosophically, I believe that you should be well-rounded as an athlete. And the best way to do that is to play a lot of sports, figure it out. I love that. Our college coach said the same thing. They, I was back and forth. Like, do I play basketball? Do I focus on just volleyball? And so I asked them, I was like, obviously I don't want to get hurt and make a dumb decision before I come to you guys. And they were like, no, do it. Like, it's only going to help you. And it was the best time ever. So definitely agree with you. So you, you go to high school, Christian Academy of Indiana. All right. Talk to me a little bit about that. You, you mentioned the small, the small city life that that you pictured but obviously another like christian academy small school yes very small um i was there i was actually the first class to graduate from there that was there from k through 12 um and my brother it was called graceland before that and so when i was in kindergarten they rebuilt and renamed um but my dad graduated from there all my dad's family graduated from there my 16 cousins graduated from there um so we all just kind of went there and it, like I said 50 people um but I loved every second of it and I think being at a big university now um it helps being on a team because talking about that community aspect that really helps to kind of like ground you and those are your people but if I didn't play on a team I think going to a big university would just be I would find my way and it would be fine but intimidating and so going to a smaller school you have your people and everything knows that everyone knows everything and you just know absolutely everything about everyone and it was fun I mean in the moment it was probably really annoying but looking back on it I love it and I still talk to so many people from high school um and sports obviously with that little amount of people you my uncle was the basketball coach and so I didn't actually play basketball my freshman year but then sophomore year I did and he convinced me to do it and so you know your group you just kind of travel sport to sport and everyone just does everything so it's kind of fun yeah I'm sure you know being that small you know has its pros and its cons but it seems like it was highly beneficial for you and and kind of molded you and and helped you know prepare you for the next level Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll I'll throw some of this out there to you so in high school four-time Indiana All-State, number one in Indiana for kills in 2017, 2015 Indiana State Championship. You are National Honor Society, so I got to ask, are you academics? Are you athletics? Are you scholar-athlete? Is there one thing that you feel like you are better at, athletics or academics, or you think you're well-rounded in your both? I'd like to think I'm well-rounded. Um, I'm definitely more passionate about sports. Um, definitely put a lot more time and energy into that. So probably get more out of it. You know, what you put in is what you're going to get out. So I definitely put a lot more into sports. So I get a lot more out. But um, my parents, that was something we always talked about. And even here at Kentucky, like we're here, obviously, first to be a student. And so um, we do take pride in that. And I'm very serious about school. I'm a little bit of a perfectionist. So I like to do my work and do it really well. So I do, I do like that, but definitely sports is, I'd prefer that over going to school for the rest of my life, for sure. So in, in high school, you got those accolades, you throw in the honor society with it. 
Um, talk about being a well-rounded athlete. What, what's your favorite moment of high school? Is it, it doesn't have to be sport. It could be anything. What, but what's your favorite moment? Mm, favorite moment. This is tough. I think it, I'm going to have to go with the sport answer. Um, it was probably sophomore year. That's the year that we won state. We went all four years, but not even just the fact that we won. Like, I think the best part was like turning around and seeing, like, like I said, from a small town and we had, we played at ball state. Um, and so we had like their entire gym. I don't know how many seats it fits, but that place was so crowded and, um, just like the amount of fans, people from, you know, clubs and all my family. And it was just the best ever. And we all went out to eat after and everyone's just like celebrating very similar to the national championship. Um, but just really cool. That was like one of the biggest moments I had ever played in as an athlete. And, um, I like won an award that year, which was really cool. Or maybe that was senior year. I can't remember. Um, but it was like about character. And so it just, I don't know, it was a really big accomplishment to win that because obviously sports is a lot, but to have good character and for people to notice that it's really special. And, um, but yeah, I think that was the best, um, just at state really all four years, just seeing really big numbers and the sport growing and we, you know, put a lot of time and energy into the sport. So to see so many people loving it and it growing, um, just to be a tiny part of it is really cool. Yeah. I, I can only imagine. I, I never won anything at, 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 in high school at that level. So I'm sure like the memory and just the experience has got to be, you know, just, it, it probably makes a lasting imprint. I, I would imagine. Um, you know, when we talk about favorite sports, obviously you're, you are one of the best players in the country and in volleyball. Um, but how good were you in basketball? And I have to ask if you were given a basketball today, could you still hoop a little bit? (laughs) Oh man. It's funny you say that our basketball coach were really down in numbers and they keep asking, like, can you come play? Can you come play? And I'm like, oh, I don't think you want that. I don't think you want that. Um, I did score a thousand points. I'll brag on myself for a little bit. In three years, I didn't play freshman year. So in three years, I scored a thousand points. Again, really small school. I scored or I shot, I rebounded, I shot, I rebounded. It was just like me towering over everyone kind of deal. Um, but it was really fun. And that was just kind of like an outlet for me, like obviously in volleyball, it's not a contact sport. So just getting to kind of like rough up on some girls and show them what's up. I just really loved that aspect. Um, but I think with some practice, I think I could, I could ball a little bit. I don't know. I'm kind of scared to find out, but. Daniel, I don't care what the school is. A thousand points is a thousand points, bro. (laughs) I I haven't scored a thousand points in, in Candyland, much less anything of, of importance. I mean, man, like a, a thousand points, that's even hard to fathom. Like, you're just dominating people. That's the only way to put it. Daniel, let me ask you like, all these college baseball players come on here and tell us they can hoop, and we have no verification if they can, and we don't believe them. Could, they, they, could, hoop. could they beat Allie in basketball, you think? No. <laughs> no, it, it, it would be like you coming to my house thinking you can beat me in horse and pool basketball. Just Allie, I got to tell you, this guy, this guy tells me we're going to play. He's got a pool in the backyard. He says we're going to play horse. He's got a basketball goal in the pool. 
I'm practicing inside the pool all around. I'm getting myself ready. And so then we go to play. He never shot from inside the pool. He actually walked around the outer part of the pool and took all his shots. And he drained like five straight shots. And I missed all mine because I had been practicing from down below. And he said, I never said I was going to be in the pool. Oh, is that excuses? I'm not yeah. sure. Thank, thank you, thank you, Allie. That's sure it might be. Oh, uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, you don't even feel bad for me. Okay. Oh. Really, really, yeah. Now I know why she didn't feel bad when she hit the other All girls right. in the face. I get it. Okay. <laughs> no mercy. I'd like to see a rematch. <laughs> I, no, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> no, not not with the way that first one went. I don't know if I want a rematch. <laughs> But, you know, uh, talking about club ball a little bit, you know, you said you, you traveled into to other places. You were talking about Louisville. What team did you – or what club were you a part of? So I started out at Union um, in Indiana. They have a club in Indiana and Kentucky. Started out in Indiana, then switched over to Kiva um, for the majority of my club years. That's really where I learned everything. They have really high-level coaching there, and it's really elite. They have a lot of um, – all girl like Catholic schools that just feed into that program and they graduate so many girls that go on to play in the biggest of college programs. So that's definitely where I learned a ton. And then I finished my 18s year back at Union. So those two split my time. Yeah, I don't think there's any sport now. And my, and my daughter is currently in high school and a club soccer player. And so I'm aware of it just within my own uh, life. But you know, any athlete we talk to, I don't think there isn't anyone that wouldn't say club is, you know, five times more beneficial, you know, than high school, because like you said, all the players are coming together to compete with or against each other. And just the the talent that you're going with or against. Yeah, absolutely. It's the best of the best in your area. So we had all of Southern Indiana and most of um, Louisville in that area. And so just like you said, they are the absolute best. And I think, we had some of the best recruits in our class come out of our club. So yeah. And that's, and that's what I was going to ask you. Uh, there's always at least a player you played with or against that most people remember, or they play against now. Is there that player that you played with or against or both that you either just really remember that they're playing somewhere now, or you're playing with now? Hmm. They, so I had a friend who I got really close with. She's actually from Lexington um, and traveled over to Louisville um, every practice. I only played with her one or two years, but she's now at Louisville. So every time we go to Louisville, I guess she's one I really remember, um, Rachel DeMarcus, because, you know, we obviously see each other, live pretty close um, and obviously a big rivalry game. Uh, their family was always really great, came and stayed with us for a lot of club tournaments just because they lived further away. So she was definitely just a really good friend that we see a lot during college matches. That is fun. And then my older cousin, um, she played at Samford and now is at Tampa, but um, she's another one, obviously being family. That's where my man right there is from, Tampa. Go check right. it out, Daniel. Jealous. I need to. <laughs> hey, it's, it's a beautiful place. Absolutely. My parents are in Sarasota, so. Oh, that's um, not far at all beyond jealous of the florida livers well unfortunately uh i live in mississippi so moving on uh (laughs) no so all right so club ball high school ball at what point do colleges start to approach you um i was a freshman in high school when i got my first like 
interests, love letter, whatever. Um, and the rules have changed now. So that actually can't happen anymore. I, to be honest, I don't even really know what the rules are, but you can't talk to coaches, can't visit campus until much later in your career, which I personally think is a great change. Um, but it was freshman year. And then that's when I started doing all my visits was towards the end of my freshman year and then early sophomore year. And then I committed in, I think, January of my sophomore year. So I was pretty young. And again, I don't even think girls can talk to coaches their sophomore year. So, but that's what everyone's doing. And obviously Kentucky was a really good program. So I needed to kind of start that early. And as soon as I visited, I knew that that was going to be home. So it was kind of a no brainer for me. All right. Well, you say no brainer, but was there, is there any other schools at least that you could say piqued your interest that were high up there? Yeah, I, um, I visited Louisville at the time. They are much better now. Um, but that was close to home. So that was some, something that I was really interested in. Um, loved Purdue. They were up there. I did visit Nebraska. Um, they were ranked a lot higher than most of the other places I was looking at, but they actually wanted me to be a libero, not an outside. So, and I wanted to hit. So I kind of stayed away from the big 10 schools because I wanted to hit and to them, I was too short and not efficient at the time. Um, but yeah, like I wanted somebody, to say a few hours. So yeah, somebody needs to be fired, Daniel. Um, because, <laughs> um, I wouldn't let her do anything but hit. Like, what are we talking about here? <laughs> uh, no, that's right. <laughs> so, you know, we talk about you coming from the 40, the 40 acres of farm. And, you know, our last guest, I thought it was kind of a, a culture shock, right? Coming from, um, he had actually came from Santa Monica and then came to Oxford, Mississippi. But you came from, like you said, it's just your family and farmland. And then you get to University of Kentucky. And like you said, a huge campus and everything. What was it like going, you know, from Indiana to there? it was um wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be honestly um but just kind of I was spoiled really spoiled growing up still am by my parents um but kind of just I worked really hard and I didn't have a lot of free time and so my parents understood that and rewarded that and um they they did a lot for me and my brother and so coming to college obviously you have to learn how to cook and how to <laughs> clean and do your dishes and do your laundry and all this stuff. And so senior year, my parents did a really good job of making sure that I was ready for all of that. But um, time management was definitely number one. Um, we have to get freshman year. You have to get a lot of study hall hours. You have tutors on top of just learning how to live on your own. And so that was definitely number one, like, woo, big thing, like trying to figure out how to manage all of this. And I was starting my freshman year, which was also just a whole lot. And I wasn't really expecting to do that, to be honest. So, um, just kind of all a lot all at once, but again, being so close to family, it's not, they came to every single game. Like, I think, I don't know if they've even missed a game in my four years. So they have always traveled. And so it's not so much like, Oh, I miss my family, but, um, just kind of learning how to do things on your own as a typical college student does. I can verify that your family is the first one I met when I was in Oxford. So <laughs> there you go. Um, so what would you say if you had to, if you had to choose one, what was the most, um, you know, drastic change, overwhelming, whatever the case may be, was it, you, you know, you talk about your family's not far from home, but was it being away from home? Was it, was it the academic and doing classes or was it volleyball? I think it was volleyball. That was 
the biggest change from high school because most college athletes, I mean, were probably the star of the show um, in high school. You know, your club team, still the best of the best, best, but you're probably one of the best on that team. High school, for me, it was definitely that way. Again, small team, um, not many girls go on to play college. There's been like five of us maybe. Um, so it's just like really comfort and that's your comfort zone. And like just leading was natural and everyone just looked up to you. Like you're going on to play college. So like, there you are. And then you step foot on campus your freshman year. And it's like, wow, I have to start completely all the way over. I have to figure out like who I am, how to lead again, um, all these things. So that was definitely the hardest. And I'm always somebody who, like I said, a perfectionist, and I want people to view me as just the very best. And if somebody has you know, a negative opinion. I hate that. I freak out about it. Um, so just trying to create, you know, the image of myself that I want people to see me as and a hard worker and somebody who leads by example and um, just an overall good person. And so trying to recreate myself was not the easiest. Um, and again, like I said, I was playing freshman year. So just trying to stay on top of all of that. And there was just a lot of pressure. And I think I got pulled out of a lot of games freshman year because I wasn't playing my best and there was a really good competition underneath me. So figuring out that, you know, like mental health is a big thing. And so at 17, 18 years old, I was like, how am I starting? And then I play so well in practice and then I get into a game and I just crumble. And so just kind of battling all those things. Um, so it's kind of a lot on one, but definitely just a lot of changes. Yeah. I'm do you, go ahead. Do, sorry. Do, do you think that it was just, too big of a moment at the time was it you just needed some experience so that the game slowed down like what was it that you felt like the pressure and like you're, you're crumbling in the games like what do you think think it was because mm -hmm. obviously you you've overcome that now yeah, yeah. I think um, experience is probably number one. Like I think, you know, attacking, it's a whole different level. You have the biggest blocks I've ever seen in front of you, the best defenders. Um, so just experience of like kind of how college works and that's definitely number one. But number two, I think overall was just confidence. Like I did not have true confidence in myself and, you know, I didn't come out like the highest recruit in my class and I wasn't um, couldn't jump the highest or, you know, we vert test all the time and I'm like reaching to get 10 feet. And like, these girls are touching almost 11 feet. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like just that feeling of like almost inadequate. I've always been a very confident person in myself. And, um, that wasn't a huge issue, but just, I don't know, just realizing that like, I am good enough. And my coaches truly believe in me. I love, you know, gratification from my coaches. And I even remember like, the freshman or sophomore year before we played Louisville and I was just like very up and down up and down and my coach was like there's a reason you're starting like you're not seeing it but like there's a reason you're starting and you need to believe in yourself and like we believe in you so now like you just need to believe in yourself I had like the best match of my career not career but best match of that year for sure um so just believing in myself was number one and I think that experience helps you create that confidence for sure yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you touched on something that I didn't even have here, but because you brought it up, you brought up the mental health and being that we have so many athletes on here, I get to talk to a lot of them on a personal level. And, you know, um, I tell people all the time, because you mentioned 17, 18, like for instance, me and Daniel are Memphis basketball fans, right? And they just had a terrible game and everybody is all over them. And two of the guys on that team, um, they reclassified in high school and so the one just turned 18 last week one is still 17 and he's playing at the highest level and 
all these people are being so hard on them and it's like they're kids like and and so even you know even if you're 18 19 years old you know it is a lot of pressure you're you you know you may be classified as an adult but I mean you know you just got there and it's a lot of pressure like you said you add academics on you'll be away from them and I and I it really bothers me sometimes when people put the pressure on on the athletes no matter what the sport and don't understand what they're really going through Mm-hmm. yeah it's definitely I think for basketball and football, obviously those are really big sports and I couldn't imagine being, you know, one of them and having just so many fans and so many opinions and what people have to say. And, you know, it's really easy just to say, Oh, just shut them out or don't listen to them. But at the end of the day, you always listen to people's opinions and I take them to heart. I mean, I do, like I said, I care about what people think of me. So, um, you know, you hear people, you know, overhear people talking about like, oh, she shouldn't be starting or she should, whatever, like you're going to take that to heart. And um, so at the end of the day, I think coming in, like knowing your worth. And I think, you know, as a believer, that's something that really helped keep me like grounded was my identity is not in this sport. And so when freshman year, when things were like up and down, up and down, and should I be starting? I don't know. Should I not be? And all these things like that was something that kept me stable and you know everybody's got their thing that does that but uh, again community like freshman year some girls can't find their niche they, they can't find their girls but I've you know still roommates with the three freshmen that I came in with um, and so we're all just the bestest of friends and yeah mental health definitely plays a big role in that and it's hard to kind of shut all those people out and it just takes time and it takes pressure and couldn't imagine being you know 17 and all the things that people say it's yeah, well, you got the three F's. You got the faith, family, and friends. So you 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 know how to get past it. I love it. Yeah. So you you clearly got past it because even though you didn't feel like you played your best, uh, you were the freshman of the year in the SEC. So you know, obviously, you did pretty well. I just highlighted a couple games. Um, you had your career high in blocks against Kansas, uh, Mississippi State. You had your career high in aces. So Mississippi State, you had your career high in aces, which I find funny. You know. Um, you had at Ole Miss, you had a ball that you served and it didn't get over the net. And there was a group of guys in front of me that were heckling you saying she can't even get it over the net. And I like literally yelled. I was like, she's the best player on the court, dude. And uh, <laughs> like they turned around and started arguing with me. I was like, anyway, I was like, I was so bothered by it. I was like, you had one error and it hit the net. And I was like, and so the aces thing, that was the first thing that came to mind when I was prepping this. I was like, she, she didn't get one over the net. So all of a sudden they started trying to heckle you, but you know, you got your first tournament experience. Y'all played Murray state Purdue. So give me just a summary of that freshman year, other than your struggles, what it was like, you know, um, getting into the, the high competitiveness, getting to the tournament, playing in, playing against those teams. What was that like? Um, in the moment, it felt so big and like really hard to, I don't know, like focus. And um, I'm just so thankful, like looking back on it, that now I can like look the freshman in the eyes, like as we start our tournament this week, like it's going to feel like the biggest moment ever. And I remember when we played Purdue and um, it was like, oh my gosh, like we're playing a big 10 team and all these things. But now it's like, people say that about us. Like we, you know, coming into college, I was thinking like, oh, Nebraska, Minnesota, you know, all these big teams, Stanford's that have won so many national championships and are just so good over and over and over. But like, that's us. And that's so stinking cool that like people say that about us now. And so just like getting our crew to believe that and 
Um, you know, freshman year, I definitely did not believe that we were definitely as a program on the up and up and, um, we're kind of just like stuck at the sweet 16 level and couldn't quite make it past. Um, and personally, like, I did not believe like, oh, we are a national champion level team, but like, obviously last year, everyone was completely bought in and I've been there and I've been on both sides of the spectrum. Like, oh, I know we can, we're that good. And, oh, I don't know if we are, which is a horrible mentality, but I'm just really happy to like be on the other side and be able to tell the freshmen, like, I know what you're going through. I know what you're feeling like, but let me tell you, like, we are really that good. And like, we are good enough to make it back to final four, win the natty, like all those things. So I'm just really thankful. Like it wasn't easy. And like I said, I, I don't know if I had true belief, like in myself and my own performance and our team performance, but um, it's just really great to be able to be on the other side of that and have true confidence and not um, like it's real authentic in our program. Yeah. You got to be, you know, and I don't want to go too far ahead, but obviously we're going to talk about the growth of the program. And, and that's cool that you got to be a part of that. Like you said, you, you know, sweet 16 and then and you continue to grow, um, you know, sophomore season obviously is cut short by COVID. You know, um, we talked to all the athletes about that. We, we know it just, it stinks. There's no other way to put it, but I did want to highlight two games and one, I got to know, like, when you look at your career against Florida, do you have something personal? Because you had your career high 27 kills against the 11th ranked Florida that year. Like, is there something personal against Florida? <laughs> Absolutely. Always, always, <laughs> always. Yeah. It's always the biggest game and we love playing against them. So, <laughs> hey, we don't we don't like Florida. So oh, Florida. It's music, yeah, it's music to our ears. Good, good. I like that. We, we keep getting questioned. We actually got two guests we're, we're considering lining up. We have yet to have a Florida athlete on here, and people ask all the time, and it's because we don't like Florida. Like, it's, it's just tough for us. I don't know. <laughs> good, good. Keep it that way. I like it. There's, all, there's only one Florida athlete that's on my radar. Is it Trinity? Yep. It's, it's a gymnast, and she is elite, and, you know, it keeps it away from the, the football where we really – dislike them so yeah but, it, it'd be a tough conversation to have but <laughs> no I, I i joke it's 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 out of fun i mean as a fan of other teams we're obviously going to have a lot of other teams than our own on the on the podcast so it, it just you know florida just seems to be the one that we you know rag on the most but it's probably because they've beating us up over the past years and we just remember it so much but, but don't get it twisted so. we're we're kentucky volleyball fans for life now like we're, we're yeah. z, z got us locked in from the beginning and, and and it's it's nice when people put it on them so i will say that yeah it's fun they are great people they really are and as much as we like you said just despise them and want to kill them every year it's like they have really <laughs> good wholesome people like they're hard to not like off the court which kind of stinks but <laughs> <laughs> so the other game I highlighted was uh Arkansas you had 20 digs which which led me to a question I wanted to ask this is a question we asked Z in the very first episode she came on I'm gonna start and go back to you know blocks and aces what do you like more to have a block or an ace oh definitely a block all right a block or a dig a block a block or a kill Hmm. Some oh, that's a tough one. It's a tough one. A block just gets everyone going. That, and for me, they're very rare. <laughs> so like when it happens, it's like a big moment. 
Um, so I'll go with the block. I'll go with the block. What, yeah. what do you What do you think Z said? Oh, a block for sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah, she's nuts. I, so, I don't want to hit against her ever. Nothing. Well, luckily she's on your side. So we're okay. gonna so we're gonna get into the the year after. You know, like I said, COVID shut it down. Stunk. Um, and Daniel said we were gonna bring it up. We had Johnny on eight games into the season. And she came out here, Babe Ruth style, pointed pointed to the outfield and called her shot. She said, not only did she say y'all were going to win the national championship, she said y'all were going to do it against Texas. And whoo, I mean, did it ever happen that way? Mm-hmm. So, like, I just want to get right. I just want to get right into it. Like, let's get to the tournament. We'll, we we could go through the regular season, but like y'all y'all were dominant, you know, the whole way through it. But like you said, y'all hadn't actually won a title before, so like y'all still hadn't got to that point. But coming in to the tournament, I think you know I was watching I was watching the commentary, and I think everybody believed it was going to be y'all in Texas. But obviously, you got to get there, make sure you don't overlook anyone. But you get there, um, you know, what are your thoughts going into the tournament? Is it championship or bust to you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're just like, like I talked about earlier, like the difference, I think like freshman year to like last year in the tournament was like night and day. And just like the culture that our seniors created last year and like upperclassmen created was like everyone knew, like when we were packing our bags to go to Omaha, like it was two weeks or like you just stay home. Like you're packing your coffee mugs, you're packing your whatever you need to like stay there for two weeks or else like just don't even come because we are winning the whole thing. And like, you know, there was like a no doubt in anyone's mind, which like looking back on it is like, it's just crazy. Like how that happened and just like the confidence and belief. And like our, like I said, our seniors, they started talking to our coaches and they're like, Hey, we need to change our vocabulary within this program. Like it's not a, if we do this or if we do that, it's a win. And like, when we make it to the final four, when we make it to the the championship, like when we win it. And so the program just bought in and everyone speaks that way. still to this day. And, um, that really was just a huge confidence booster and, um, it, it's just really contagious. And so hundred percent, just no doubt in anyone's mind which is hard to find at any program. So in a game like volleyball, we talk about the teamwork and you brought her name up earlier and Madison Lilly. And one of the things I noticed, you know, you had 26 kills in that, in that national championship game against Texas, who by the way, was the number one blocking team in all of volleyball. And you threw down like that, but she had 53 assists and obviously she was player of the year. Just tell me what she meant to you and how just how good she really was. Uh, she was phenomenal. And in the moment, it's like, you don't really realize it until she's gone, that kind of deal, which is kind of sad because she was absolutely phenomenal. And, um, she really went like all over the spectrum. Like she came in phenomenal, of course, but like her confidence as a player, um, one year was just like really down. And she, I saw her like battle through that and come out like on the other side as just like the most confident and, not only was she confident, but she instilled confidence in others around her. Um, just a total team player. And she's still somebody like I just talked to her yesterday, you know, talking about pro and her agent and 
advice she has. And she sent me back like this huge text of like what I need to be asking agents and things to know and the do's and the don'ts and all these links to teams. And just like, nobody, nobody does that. Like she has her stuff to be worrying about, but she just cares so much about others and um, wants to help others, which makes her so, so much more special than just an awesome volleyball player, obviously. And she just deserves absolutely all the credit and awards and everything she got last year we would not be the same without her definitely yeah absolutely and so getting to the final kill because it was yours from the left side I I even read the play-by-play on it as if I didn't already watch it but preparing for this and you threw it down I mean right then that second like it hit you like I mean tell me what tell me what the emotions were like yeah, I actually made an error before that. I don't know if you guys remember that, but it was like one of the two hitting errors I had. And so I was like, are you serious? Like on game point, this has to happen. Um, but again, just like that confidence piece of like, give me the ball. Like I want the ball again. And um, so we were just like rolling and yeah, I went off her shoulder out of bounds. And um, it was the coolest thing. Like this is still one of my favorite moments from that day was like everybody just turned together and then like everyone looked at the bench all at once so it wasn't just like us six together in a huddle like yeah we did it but like we all turned and all 15 of us like ran together and then the coaches and um and then we all look up and see like all of our fans we had limited numbers obviously with covid but um we had way more fans in that place than i could ever imagine and so just like being able to do it together and like that unified feeling was so evident and um it just was really so special I don't really know how else to say it yeah we were me and Daniel were texting as he said we were both watching it and like seeing y'all celebrate and the and the happiness and the joy and then the fact that you know we actually knew like he said players on the team it was it was just so cool like to to talk to someone but then see it play out um, not only just because it was predicted, but, you know, like like you're talking about, like you're in that moment and I'm watching y'all lay on the floor and confetti fall and the, all the hugs and everything. And then the pictures once y'all got the trophies, like it's, it's just so surreal and so so much fun. Like I was so proud of y'all. And, you know, the question that we asked Maddie and Z was, you know, every player is different. You know, for some, the moment lasts longer. The others – so, you know, some people are just built, you know, almost like a robot. It's like next day back to work. How long was it that you like enjoyed in the moment before you went right back to work? Um, it was probably like a good two weeks. We, cause I mean, we had been playing for a, almost a whole year. Um, and it was a really long time of just straight volleyball and a lot of unknowns of if we would even get to play in a championship. So, um, we definitely took our time to enjoy it. And I think, um, we had a couple weeks till school ended. So it's like kind of was a NARP for a little bit and just enjoyed it. But I think as all athletes are built, like there's only so much downtime you can have before you're just bored out of your mind and need to move your body and need to get back to work. So, um, probably like two weeks and then we got to go home and that's like one of my favorite things is going home, working out with my mom and getting to play with all of, you know, the club girls and whatever. So definitely got back to work pretty quick, but it was just nice that time, that downtime just to enjoy. And everybody on campus knew and all of like the desktops on campus that are like displayed up on the, on the screens were all of like us. And so you'd walk into a classroom and it's like, Oh, there we are. And I don't know. It was just really cool. Really cool. How cool was it when y'all got honored at the uh, football game and y'all got to be out there? Was that fun? Oh my gosh. So it was so hot. Absolutely. So hot, but it was really (laughs) fun. And 
Um, I don't know. It's just, like I said, everybody knows about Kentucky volleyball, which is really cool. So going out there a couple years ago, people would have probably just, you know, but everyone was going absolutely crazy. And so it's really cool just to see how it's evolved. See, you and Daniel established this earlier. That's why you play indoor sports. It was really hot. So you, that's why that's why you didn't do the outdoor stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. We were supposed to stay for the game. And I was like, I think I'm just going to go watch it at like B-dubs or something because it's just really hot out here. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. All right, so let's get into this season. Um, you know, well, you know, for the first time in this episode, we're going to actually have to talk about some, some negative stuff because, you know, you will have some, some losses early, but, you know, to respectable opponents, to say the least. Um you know, starting with, you know, number two, Wisconsin, um, you know, just you don't have to walk us through the whole thing, but just, I mean, how good were they? What, what kind of went wrong in that, in that match? Yeah, they were phenomenal. Um, really just solid match for them, I think, defensively. Um, but I think we were still just figuring ourselves out. Um, you know, me personally, I had a really slow start and I was just getting really frustrated with that. And, Um, It was not easy and just trying to figure out this new leadership style that I had to take on um, and trying to figure that out alongside the other two seniors. And so that was really difficult. Um, Obviously, we had some young freshmen. We were figuring out who our libero was going to be. It actually changed during that match. And we just could not find our rhythm. And I think we play them now. It's a totally different outcome. Um, Hopefully in the tournament, we'll get to see that. But um, I think just totally different. And our ball control is just stable. And we're really focusing on defensive um, just stability and being just, I don't, I don't really know the word, but just being the same all day and every game. And so I think we've kind of figured that out offensively. We've kind of worked through some humps that, were not worked out at that time. So it definitely just showed us kind of some weaknesses and who works well together. And like I said, we had to change some positions, which is never easy. And it kind of messes up the flow of the team for a little bit, but it definitely, um, it definitely worked out and we're playing the best level ball we've been playing. So we learned a lot through it. So yeah, following that up with the loss of Louisville. So you'd say, cause both those were early. You were glad to have those early and y'all were able to figure some things out. Coaches figured some things out. Y'all figured some things out internally. Um, so you safe to say you would have rather had those earlier than later just to get those out of the way and figure out the things you needed to? Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. Did, did your friend, you know, throw those bragging rights at you from Louisville? No, she's a good person. She didn't. She would, didn't. Would, was... you have done, would you have done it? Oh, that one just hurts. Like the global, like, <laughs> it just hurts a little bit more. So I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't. But she's a sweetie, so she didn't either, which I'm thankful for because that one really stung. Is there is there any confidence, or is it more of you got to be alert at all times, knowing that you you lost two to three to Louisville, who is currently the number one seed in the tournament? Is there yeah. confidence that that comes with that or is it a a hey we got to be on guard and we got to be the best that we can be every game um I think probably both um just because we obviously have work to do and we're never satisfied you know always have to be hungry and um it it burns losing to a team like that but I think it gives us more than anything, just a ton of confidence to know that this is anyone's tournament and rankings mean absolutely nothing because we lost by three points to the number one team in the country and we're ranked eighth. So um, if that says anything, like it's anybody's game. And I, I think it's just confidence. I think that's exactly it. And we can play with anybody and 
we I think we play Louisville now again different story so um yeah hopefully we get to find at least one if not two if not all of them out undoubtedly so going into the last weekend of the year the SEC championship is not a done deal for you guys um Mississippi State had won 13 straight obviously that is the territory in which I live in and um you know shout out to them because um they're not used to being on this level and um so they they had a year that is unprecedented for them so um y'all had to go in and here we are again it's Florida right and uh it's it's the team that that you love to to throw down on and and you do what you always do and you had uh 18 kills and y'all and y'all swept them so locked up the SEC title did it just feel like uh it's what y'all always do kind of moment for you yeah, you never get tired of moments like that, for sure. Just the confetti and um, just the celebrating and all of that. But, yeah, it was definitely a big game, and we knew that there was a lot on the line, and we had to win both so we wouldn't share. Um, and that was kind of our motto, I think, all weekend was we hate sharing. And so um, that first night, um, even I was telling somebody, like, I don't usually get nervous, like, for games, and I wasn't – like, I don't really show that, even if I'm, like, a little – you know, nervous, but just kind of play through it and whatever, like you'll find your groove. But that was one of the games, like I woke up that morning and I was like, I am a little nervous. This is kind of weird and I'm not used to this. So, you know, senior day was happening that day, a lot of family. Um, but yeah, just, it needed to be like, we had to win that day or else like it wasn't going to end well for us. So, um, that was definitely a little weird, but obviously it paid off and we played really well. So, um, it was just awesome to win that first night. And again, just like breeds confidence and everyone was like, okay, we're much better than this team. Like, let's do it again. And we woke up the next morning and I think there was a little lack of focus and some people is probably just being tired and from the day before. Um, but our coaches, you know, were telling us like, make sure people are locked in, make sure they're locked in. So we snapped it in right when that first whistle blew and it was a good outcome. Yeah, no doubt. So, I got the the tournament bracket up here. You obviously start Saturday night with the uh, Southeast Missouri State. Uh, you as a leader, like you said, you've grown into that leadership role. How do you make sure to keep your team focused to where you don't overlook any games? Like, you know, you see Texas looming down there, and I'm sure, you know, especially because that's who y'all played the national championship last year, you know, you're thinking that's who you're going to meet again. But how do you stay focused to make sure game by game you don't overlook anybody? Yeah, that's definitely the big challenge. And I don't know if there's like a right answer to that, but um, just being consistent every single day. And it would be really easy this week to kind of take a day off or come in and not train as hard because, oh, it's just SEMO. And then our next game is like, oh, it's just them. But no, like we have to train right now. We're training for the final four and we're training for the for the championship match. So I, I hope that just through my leadership style and through my work ethic, that that will be evident to everyone that it's not acceptable to take a day off and that we need to train the same for SEMO as we train for Texas, as we train for whoever we play later down the road. So hoping that just speaks for itself. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you, you said it yourself earlier, you, you got to be on guard. You got to go out and play your best because it's, you're the defending champ, whether you, you, want to be or you don't you're you've got the target on your back and everybody wants to beat you and when that happens you're going to get everybody's best shot so um if if i'm putting money on it i'm putting money on uk vb because jim jim hears me say this all the time when we talk about teams you're the champ until somebody beats you so 
all I got to say is go out and prove prove everybody the what you guys really are, and that's the champs. So I mean that that's all it is is just going out, playing your game, and doing and taking care of business. And I have no doubt that we're gonna bring all of y'all back on, and you'll be back to back champs. Yeah, heck yeah, repeat. Love it. Right, you're gonna run it back, running mm-hmm. it back. So. With that, we got all the serious stuff out the way. Let's let's uh, let's play a little game and have a little fun and get you out of here. What do you say? Let's do it. All right. So the game is called this or that. It's it's very simple. I give you two options. You choose one option or the other. You can't say both. You can't say neither. You you're a well-rounded you know scholar athlete at a high-level university. I'm convinced that you're ready for this game and you can do this. Okay, I'm ready. All right. All right, so there's a caveat. So I, I've been four seasons into this game, and I am now piloting some questions for season five. So you're going to get some new questions that Jim has never heard before, that nobody has ever heard. Uh-oh. So I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty pumped about this. This could be um, scary. He's had some that have really caught guests and myself off guard, so be ready. Oh, no. Okay. We're, 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 here, here's a here's a slow pitch softball one just to get us out the gate, get us going, get us thinking. It's it's a question that we've asked, you know, multiple people. It's not a new one. Would you rather have the ability to never have any red lights again, or would you rather have the ability to never wait in a line? Wait in a line. Is there one line in particular there you're just like, God, I, if I give anything, never to wait in this line ever again? The Chick-fil-A drive-thru. <laughs> oh, common, a- common answer. Yeah. Really? Oh, dang. No, I mean, you're right. You're right, though. <laughs> it is pretty I, fast, I, I will say. Yeah, I, I just want to drive through, get my nuggets, get my cookies, get my shake, and just be on my merry way and just feel really bad about myself quicker for eating all that right It'd be gone before you get home and nobody knows i i will put a lot of money that there's not a single person that can get their chick-fil-a french fries or milkshake and not have a single taste of any of it before they get home it just doesn't happen no you're insane if you can yeah all right would you rather never ever have a face-to-face conversation meaning everything has to happen by phone every form of communication happens by phone or the opposite that you don't have any phone communication it can only happen face-to-face so either only phone communication or only face-to-face communication only face-to-face but i hate confrontation so that was a tough one but I'll man up and I'll not use a phone. What What is it about confrontations that that just makes you a little uneasy? I don't know. I'm a wussy, I guess. Me and our roommates talk about it all the time. We are, it's terrifying for no reason at all. Like as simple as, hey, do you mind to wash your dishes? I'm like, nope, I'd rather just suck it up, be mad for an hour and just wash their dishes instead of just asking them to. It's an issue. I will acknowledge that. So she's she's that athlete we talk about, Daniel, that she flips that switch on. You watch her play volleyball and she's just intense 
like animal and then like off the court it's like she's soft like man it's crazy it, I know. I mean, it's maybe that's part of it it's it's so like you're so one way and it the switch is on at a level that most people can't comprehend so that when you do turn it off like it is completely off like you just you're, yeah. you're the opposite and maybe that's what you need to balance yourself out but here's here's some advice i'll give you don't enable them fools to not do their dishes i know i know uh, i know they, they're probably in the other room going man we'll just leave it for Allie. she'll do it i know i hope they just heard me then they'll go do it <laughs> then i don't have to deal with it no conversation <laughs> would, would you rather have a single size big candy bar just one single size candy bar that's really big or would you rather have multiple mini candy bars? <laughs> multiple mini. Yeah, what's what's your favorite candy bar? Obviously, you got to have a few because you're picking multiple mini. Mm -hmm. But if, if you if, if you're if you're gonna pick three candies, what what, what are they gonna be? What are your three go to? Uh, Snickers, Kit Kat, and Reese. Oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be the first to say this. Kit Kat is the most underrated candy bar on planet Earth. I agree. That crunch is underrated. I love Kit Kat. Mm -hmm. Hey, I'll tell you what, those those three answers were all gold because especially after last week, Almond Joy, I I wanted to kick the guest off. I really did. <laughs> That's bad. He should have oh. cut off right there. This dude said Almond Joy, Milky Way, and what what else did he say? Some something we wouldn't eat. I, I was like, it, it was it was not good. Like, it, oh, uh, I almost didn't want to publish the episode. It was <laughs> that had me so so fired up. So, and if they're little, but, you don't feel as guilty eating it. This is just a baby one. Unless you eat thirty of them. Like, thank <laughs> thank God Halloween's over. Cause, uh, <laughs> yeah. Bad news. Just bad news. All right. Is is a hot dog? A sandwich, yes or no? No. No. What? Okay. Is a burger a sandwich, yes or no? Yeah. <laughs> so, what constitutes being a sandwich? What, like, what, what are, what's the criteria to be a sandwich? I don't know. It, it just has the feel, you know. If you can grab it like that, I feel like it's a sandwich. Hot dog. Oh, you like this okay so that actually is a pretty pretty scientific answer if it takes two hands it's a sandwich you could eat it with one hand it's it's not she, she ain't had one of them chicago dogs in because you need two hands to get it yeah i haven't i haven't i'm a corn dog lover i'd rather oh good grief yeah that's right <laughs> that's right all right would you rather be the smartest in the room or the funniest in the room the funniest all right which one of those two smartest or funniest gets you further in life mm. very tricky question that is tricky probably i mean ooh. I feel like people listen to you when you're funny so probably that one you probably have a bigger name for yourself very I mean, true theoretically it should be if you're smarter you go further but 
In today's day and age, if you're louder and speak the loudest, you probably get more attention. Yeah, and it doesn't even have to be right. Yep. Just be the loudest. Yep. All right, which is worse? And this is a new question, and I'm I'm interested to know how you're gonna gonna take this. Okay. What is worse, having no one show up at your wedding, or having no one show up at your funeral? Ooh. <laughs> um. <laughs> probably wedding, because I mean, I I wouldn't know, I guess, if they were at my funeral. That's your legacy. Like, yeah, that hurts. We'll just but, say it was during a pandemic and that will make me feel better. But you're talking to a girl who has family galore. So this isn't happening. <laughs> no, she's going to have 27, co- 27 cousins there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know how at, at weddings and funerals, the first two rows are devoted to family. And it's like you're going to need the first 15 rows for all your family. Like, it, it's going to be crazy. Yeah. I'm actually planning a wedding right now and tapping at 350. We have to says the place and we're really struggling. So yes, you're correct. The first 15 will be family. Man, let me, <laughs> let me tell you this. I don't envy you. I planned a wedding once and it was a lot of work. It was worth yeah. it, but it, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Thank Jesus for my mom because she's doing all of it. Well, there you go. Wait till you start having to fill out seating charts. Hmm. I don't want to. I, 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 I didn't had to. I had, that. I, I had to take invitations back. I, I just threw them in the garbage. I was like, there ain't even no reason for them to come. They're gonna have to sit next to each other. We're trying to have a civil day. Not. <laughs> I was just glad right. it didn't rain on mom. Period, because it was outdoors and there was rain in the forecast. That's all I was worried about. My wife took care of everything else. I will say I wished it did rain because it was hot. <laughs> it was hot. Dude over here sweating. I was sweating. What was it, July? No, I got married in September. He's full of it. It was only like 85. <laughs> oh. Okay, only 85. <laughs> All right, last question. And this has become, I don't know, probably I guess our staple question. But I realize as you go into it, she will be the first female guest you asked it to. You're you right. usually leave this. You usually you usually leave this one off. Yeah, I'm. Not, I'm, I'm. I've decided I'm not pulling punches in season five. So in season four, I got to prepare myself for the next season. So, if you what, which one would you pick? Ten years in a coma, or five years in jail? Hmm. Oh my. Probably five years in jail. Says the person who doesn't like confrontation. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, you, you, would, you would never make it. You would never make it. Look, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be I'll be honest with you. Like I ain't doing jail. Give me 10 years of that nap. I'll wake up and we'll be good. Like it, it oh. we'll figure it out. Like that five years would be a rough five years. And to be honest, I'm not confident. I'm not confident I can make it. Look, I'm going to be honest. I have been on the jail side the entire time, especially after we had um, 
a track star from Ole Miss come on and talk about he wouldn't want his family to have to watch him in a coma for 10 years. So I was like, you know what, man, I would do jail. And Daniel's like, you're crazy. And so then I watched this movie the other night, and the guy was just a normal guy, family man. Um, he'd had he had had uh, a couple drinks. He was he was driving um, him and uh, a couple other couples around. Ended up getting into a wreck, killed someone. So he had to do two years in prison prison for DUI manslaughter. Anyway, needless to say, it flipped his life upside down. He went through the worst of the worst. And I texted Daniel the next morning. I said, "Give me the coma." <laughs> <laughs> it, it ain't even a question in my book. Like easy, easy one. All right, Allie, it's, it has been a pleasure. We're going to let you bounce. Is there anything before you leave, anything you want to plug or promote? I don't think so. Where, where can uh, they watch that game at? Oh, good question. It, the championship will be on ESPN2. So watch us on the championship night. I, think, I would imagine y'all are available at least on the ESP, ESPN Plus throughout the entire tournament, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, it's typically on something like that. Well, whatever Saturday, wherever it is, we're gonna find it. We're gonna promote it for you when we get this podcast out. We'll make sure that we we add that in there with it. But um, we wish you the best of luck. Tell our friends, tell Brez, tell Z, tell them all that hey, we're rooting for you guys, and and we we believe in y'all and. And I'm not going to say good luck because that you don't need luck. You're the best in the country, and you're just going to go out and do what you do. So uh, if there's anything here in the next couple of weeks that you guys need, you need us to put out there, let us know. We'll be more than happy to help you all out. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. This is great. Not a problem. We'll have you back when we're hoisting another championship. We'll be back-to-back champs. That's uh, that's Allie Stumler. Y'all follow her on Instagram, at Allie Stumler. Or you can follow Kentucky Women's Volleyball at Kentucky Volleyball. We're going to take a break. We're going to plug some sponsors. When we come back, we got some headlines for you. All right, boys. So you know I've struggled with pain. You know I've struggled with weight loss. You know I've struggled with anxiety. And you know I've struggled with sleep. What if I told you there was a place that could help you with all of these things? True Life Dispensary. Pain relief without narcotics. Sleep, weight loss, anxiety relief. You can find this at 117 West Commerce Street in Hernando. Hours, Monday through Friday, 9 to 7, Saturday, 10 to 5. So check them out and get your life turned around. Tattoos have become more of a normal part of society. And, you know, one of the things that's a common mistake that people do is they just go anywhere, you know, closest place, maybe whatever's convenient. And a lot of times they get a piece of art that stays on them forever that maybe they don't like so much. So let me help you and eliminate that problem. Go see Jeff Flea Watts. Easy Flea Tattoos. You can find them on Facebook or Instagram, and you can find him at 1731 Dancy Boulevard in Horn Lake. Number is 662-280-0763. Welcome back to the In Off the Bench podcast. we got some headlines for you. Leading off, we got some NBA action. Um, Obviously, we're going to do an update in the East. We're going to do an update in the West, but we got to get to some big-time Grizzlies news. Um, John Morant uh, went out the other night with apparent knee injury. It looked as though it might have been really significant, but 
um, over the past couple of days, it's come out that it's not as significant and he'll miss some time, but it's, he will be back and it won't be as bad as they had originally thought. Um, Jim, what, what do you think about this injury and it, are the Grizzlies good enough to keep themselves in a position to, to compete? Uh, for a playoff spot while he's gone, or do you feel like they're going to significantly lose some ground here? So I listened to uh, a lot of radio today in regards to this local, and I really like some things that were said. Um, the first being that, and and, you, and you'll love this as well, and the truth in this, you know, this team kind of to start this season has been reliant upon Ja, right, to have big games. This is a chance for them to grow together and individually to learn how to not be reliant upon him. So when he comes back in, maybe he doesn't have to shoulder such a load. So this is a good opportunity for Triple J specifically, but, um, you know, Bain to continue to do what he's doing and obviously Dylan and the other guys. So, um, you have that as far as them staying competitive. Um, when you look at the top 10, because you know we have the play in, the teams outside of the top 10 are all terrible, and that was something they brought to attention. Sacramento, San Antonio, Oklahoma City, New Orleans, Houston none of those teams are going to make any kind of run. So, really, you just have to sustain and keep yourself in that mix. And then the reality, the other thing they talked about, what's funny is, I mean, in the West right now, five through 10 are only separated by a game and a half. So, like, honestly, Memphis, just like any other team in that mix, like, you can't really afford, like, to have a bad streak. So, you know, everybody's kind of in that same boat. But, you know, you pulled up their upcoming schedule, some very winnable games in there, regardless of Jaws there. Um, and then you got some tough ones. Just, just split them, you know what I'm saying? Like, win the games that you're supposed to win. Like, for instance, you pull that up, you know, hopefully you can beat Toronto, but you, you should definitely beat Oklahoma City. You should definitely beat Houston. You should definitely beat Sacramento. Win those games, right, at the very minimum. And, yeah. and day 500. Well, I mean, here, here's the reality, though, Jim, is that even with Ja, the games that we're supposed to win, we're finding ways to lose. Like, Well, the Timberwolves' loss looks completely different now because they are on fire. Well, yeah, but I mean, you look at at games that really, I mean, I, the 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 Golden State one you, still trips me out because yeah. nobody else can beat Golden State. Nobody. That, that's that's what I was gonna point out is like we beat teams like Golden State, but then we turn around and lose to teams like Minnesota, New Orleans. Like that New Orleans loss is just is terrible. Like that's a bad loss. Like that's a team that you can't lose to. Um, even that Charlotte loss that uh, on November 10th, that's a game that, that, that you should win too. You know, who the Grizzlies um, remind me of, they, they remind me of Marshawn Lattimore for the saints. We've had this talk when he's playing a big time receiver, he's going to shut them down. If he's playing somebody pedestrian, he gets burned. <laughs> uh, I mean, hopefully they, well, I, I don't know what's good. Like, what would you rather have? Play play higher than your ceiling against really good teams and play way below your floor against really bad teams and be 500? Or would you rather be 500 by beating the 
teams that you're supposed to beat really bad and losing to the teams that you're supposed to lose to. I mean, like, I, I mean it's, I, it's fun beating good teams. I don't know. It's a, I mean, it's a tough one. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, and I don't know. It's, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic without Josh. Um, I do, I do feel the, the sentiments that other fans have about, this is a time for the bench to step up and rotations to be a little different and then to gel and figure out how to win without a superstar. Um, but at the end of the day, man, they've won games because the guy's going out scoring 30 or 40 points every night. Like, And what sucks is that he's on the radar as an MVP in the league and like him not being there is going to significantly hurt that. Um, so, so let me ask you this. Take the Grizzlies aside, and let's just talk about the West. Did, like, does anybody even need to play anymore, or do we just need to do the Western Conference Finals? Because the way the Suns and the Warriors are playing, like, it's just ridiculous. I've never – we've seen one team play this good so many times. I've never seen two teams play this well from the same conference like that I mean, when you have a 17-game win streak, I think that's what it is. Let me, let me look before I close it. 16-game win streak, and you're still in second place? <laughs> I mean, what was that saying about the, the first-place team? They're 18 and freaking two. One of those losses was to the Grizzlies, but the only loss that the Warriors have – well, I mean, it really doesn't matter. They have one loss at home and one loss away. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to say there's anybody playing any better basketball, and it's hard to think that Golden State isn't even at its fullest strength yet. Right. And, and, and it's like, okay, so, for instance, you know, being that I listen to all the Lakers chatter, right, they talk about um, once they start to gel and mesh and, and blah, 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 blah. Dude, I still can't see that team defensively stopping either of those two teams because they are so efficient. I mean, that that's the thing. Those two teams play so such good team ball and shoot so well. I just don't see how you beat them unless it's one of them beating the other one. So let me ask you this. Where do the where do you think the Lakers then let's say they start meshing well and they start playing well. Given that they're a 500 team right now, um We'll say, I don't know, a quarter of the way through the season. Where where do they end? I mean, I think they're a, a four or five team that would But are are they a, are they a four or five five hundred team or are they a four or five I don't know ten games above five hundred team? Uh, there, there, there are ten games above five hundred team, but there are four or five teams that would get rocked by either of those two teams in the second round team. To me, to me, um, the here's here's what I don't understand, Daniel. Like, all right, so like they there's always finger pointing, right? And so I don't understand. I don't know what the Lakers got to do because. Russ over the last five games, I could argue that this is about as good a stretch as he's ever had. And and not like he's scoring 50-point triple-doubles, but he's shooting almost 60% over the last five games, and he's averaging only three turnovers a game. 
and they still only have won three of those five. Like, if you told me on any given time that the Russ is going to score in those games, he was scoring like anywhere between 26 and 32 points. You tell me Russ is going to score 30 points um, and only have three turnovers and shoot 60% from the field. I'm going to tell you the Lakers are going to win, especially when a lot of those games, Anthony Davis had big games. Um, Dude, I don't know what their their deal is. And a lot of it, I, I said to y'all weeks back um, about the bench, it, the games they win, it seems to be when Melo goes off. I do know that one of those games they lost, Melo was one for 12 from the field. I really feel like it's almost what he does from the bench is more important than what Russ does from the starting lineup. Yeah, I mean, it, we got to go back to the, the very first week of the season. Um, Westbrook had – I want to say it was opening night where he he wasn't very good. He didn't score many points. And then people said, well, in order for them to be good, he has to score points. Well, now he's scoring and playing very well, but, like, it's not doing anything. Um, you know, I, that's why when you, when you say that they're a four- or five-seed team, like, I see it. it there's nothing – there's nothing that I see with the Lakers that tells me that they have enough in them to make a run at Utah, Phoenix, or Golden State. And to be honest, I don't think they have it in them to make a, a, a run at five or above just well, because I think, they, I think they are. Well, the reason why I think they have a, a chance at the five or above is because what we just talked about, the logjam – from five to 10 is so close. And I don't think that's going to change all year. Honestly, those teams are going to beat up on each other the entire year. That's why it's important. If you're any of those teams and it's what we were just talking about with Memphis, it's important to not have a bad stretch. Like you can lose one or two games, but you can, you can't have one of those, you know, you do the, the Western, um, they call it the rodeo trip or whatever, where you do like the five game Western conference, uh, road swing. Like, you can't yeah. go do that swing and lose those five games. Like, you can't afford that or you're going to find yourself in that 10 spot. Yeah, but, you know, at the at the end of the day, I mean, you win one game. If, if a team doesn't play one night and another team does and that team wins, like, it could catapult you from 10th place all the way up to fourth. Like, that's, that's what we're talking about here, and it's, it's craziness, but. I mean, the the West is going to be fun, but I think for the first time in a long time, I think the East is going to be just as fun to watch as well. I mean, you are not the most fun thing about the East is, and it's not even basketball. You're not a big social media guy, so I got to know if you've seen any of these. First of all, did you see that Giannis was taught for the first time about Duncan Oreos and milk? I'm glad I did. What a dummy. No, he was, but he was a kid in a candy store with excitement on how awesome it was. And then to uh, last night's uh, press conference, he was showing his playing cards that he's collecting and he's trying to get them autographed by other players. He's a giant child and it's fun to watch because a lot of these guys act like such prima donnas. My boy's one of them, you know, they, that or they got an attitude. This he's just a giant kid, and it's fun to watch. Giannis needs to get rid of them them trading cars and go ahead and get them NFTs and NTFs and all that <laughs> good stuff. 
I mean, hey, I mean, he even did a shout out to the weed guru, remember, and didn't even like realize that like he's just plugging folks and like not getting paid for. It. Like he don't care. I just like them wings. But but with that, um, you know, as you go to do this East, uh, they finally have have found their footing, which me and you both expected that one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, you you got Brooklyn, Chicago, Miami at the top. That's I mean, those are those are the powerhouses. You got. Washington, who I think is, is starting to come back down to earth a little bit. Milwaukee uh, is finally finding it, its its footing. And then you got Charlotte right there at six, followed by the, the Knicks and the 76ers. Um, you know, you got Boston down there trying to figure out who they are. I, I, the name, I think, is, is what is really what gives them a little bit more credibility because I don't think they're that good. Um, the Hawks doing what they did last year, I think, gives them a little extra credibility. But I, I mean, they're I seven and three in the last ten. They're surging. Yeah, but I mean, are they are they good? No, I mean, I didn't believe in them last year. We talked about it this year. Like I, I, I think we talked about it. You know, the Wizards are in that four spot, but if you if you move Milwaukee up into that four spot, we talked about it. It's those four teams. Yeah, it's Milwaukee, I mean, Miami, Brooklyn. Chicago, and Brooklyn. Yeah, and I, we when we talked to Allie earlier, we, you know, you heard me say it. You're the champ until somebody beats you, and you know I, that holds a lot of weight on in my head. Like so, Milwaukee to me is, regardless of who's in front of them, they're still a team that you, you can't take lightly, and I would consider them one of the top teams. Let, let me ask you this. East. Let me ask you this for storyline purposes. All right. I don't want Brooklyn anywhere near the title game because I don't want them to win in general. But let's say that you know that Golden State is the other team. Would you want to see Brooklyn there and to see that KD versus the old Warriors team? I mean, if it ain't the Grizz, why not? You know? Why not? Well, I know I know that we both like Giannis and the Bucks, so we're good with that. The Bulls team that just makes you look good because you predicted their them being good, and then we know what the Heat can do. So I feel like you can't go wrong with any of them. But I don't want Brooklyn to really win, the, have a chance at winning the title. But I feel like that's that's the storyline. Not not only and also obviously you have amazing players from both teams everywhere. So, but I feel like that's the I bet that's exactly what the NBA salivating over right now is that oh yeah they're that's what they're hoping i mean they want big time east coast big time west coast they want top two teams in the league big names big stars they want they you know they they thought they thought they wanted lakers nets but man i i tell you like i think i could make a like if randy was here he'd tell me that was asinine I could. I feel like I could make an easy case that more people want to watch Steph Curry than they do LeBron. I, I really do. Uh, yeah. The dude makes. Did you see a shot last night? Jesus, like he can make anything. Yeah, there's not a shot he can't. He can't make. He can't and won't take, and he doesn't like. Like he, he'll he'll do it all. Um, I mean, I. I'm still like it's intriguing. Yes, you guys shoot the lights out of the ball, but it's also intriguing to watch a guy the size of LeBron move around the way he does. And really, like 
LeBron can do whatever he wants, and no, there's nobody that can keep him from doing it. Yeah, and I mean, I guess the storyline, I, I said it. I just don't think the Lakers can win. But the, if you had LeBron against KD and you had Russ against Harden, I mean, you you have an equally good storyline. But you you talk about the Warriors. They don't even have Clay back. I just once they get Clay back, like that's just. I mean, I just don't see it. I just don't see how they're not there. I really don't. Even with Phoenix playing as well as they are, I still don't see it. Yeah, I mean, as I think the NBA is looking at this and they're they're saying, well, we're in good shape. Like right now, if if Brooklyn, Chicago, Miami, Milwaukee, or even New York get in to a huge market. Huge markets. Yeah, they're they're good with that. Same thing here. If Golden State, Phoenix, you know, you got the Clippers in there. I mean, I, I don't know how much the NBA wants really the Jazz, but the <laughs> Jazz, you know, but you gotta throw you gotta throw the Lakers in there. Any of those? I just need to see the Jazz do it in the playoffs because I mean, you remember last year, like it's it's all good to do it in the regular season. I think they care more about the regular season than a lot of other teams do. Well, I think because they have to. Like, I, I don't think they're eighteen and two good. I don't think they're seventeen and three good. I think they have to be thirteen and seven good because if they don't. And they end up down here at that eleven and eleven good, which you want to turn around and face the one of these two guys first round. No, thank you. I'll pass on that. But you know, it, it's it's crazy. I think the the more that we talk about it, I feel like the East is starting to close the gap with the West. I mean, if you take the if you take the two the two losses the two loss warriors team you know then you're looking at basically you know a pretty even matchup so but man let's uh let's let's navigate out of nba let's talk a little college basketball um mm. mm-hmm. you know it it's i don't i don't know where to start but i i, I think I want to give it some due diligence. So I'm going to start at the top Duke. I Duke was a team that had a terrible season last year and has turned around. They're now seven and zero. They just beat Gonzaga who had um, just beat UCLA and, and not just beat them just like took them, took them to school, you know, and Duke um, plays, plays hard, play their game. They end up beating Gonzaga. They moved from they were at number five, and now they're ranked number one. Um, you got Purdue at two, who jumps Gonzaga. Um, and you got Gonzaga three, Baylor four, UCLA five to round it out. Um, everybody else, uh, with the exception of Gonzaga, who lost to the number one team, Duke, and UCLA, who lost to the number two three team Gonzaga have one are undefeated except for those two they have one loss everybody after that with the exception of a couple outliers who haven't really played anybody all has a loss including the Memphis Tigers so which I gotta ask you a question I've never been bothered by ranking more how do you put like even as us being Tiger fans how do you put Iowa State the spot behind Memphis when they just beat the breaks off of them. 
Yeah, I don't even happen. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they were unranked to begin with. Like, what are they going to do? Go unranked and jump into the top ten? But you're just moving them up a spot. I mean, I feel like they earned that. They they didn't just. I mean, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna move Iowa in, you got to move them above Memphis, the team that they just beat the hell out of. Um, but I'll ask you: Do you think Memphis is ranked fairly right now? Yeah, I do. I've seen a lot of people that said they need to be humbled and taken out, and I don't agree with that. I think they are easily that good. Um, you know, we both watched that game, and. It's just simple mistakes being made, you know, bad passes, um, getting yourself into bad situations. And, like, you know, it was like I had said to Allie, the the reality is, like, I mean, the one kid turned 18 last week. The other one's still 17. Like, you know, and and, and I point to those two because the expectation levels are so high for – for Bates and Duran and they both didn't play well like and you gotta just you gotta remember that like yeah um it's hard you know it's the Memphis fan mindset where it's all about the recruits and not so much about the development of those recruits and when you get guys that are that are classified right that come in with high expectations it's one thing to allow them to develop but when you get guys that reclassify and are technically two years behind or even like five years behind some of these seniors that are in the league like it shows like it it just shows and Duran is such a physical guy but you can tell like there are times where even he looks like he's overmatched, whether he is or not, like it just looks that way. Um, I don't know what's going on with rotations. I don't know what's going on with starting lineups. Um, what but I, here's the what, thing on the rotations, Daniel, like people want to point at Penny and then blame that on the loss. The rotate, the play of those kids was the reason for the loss. The turnovers, as they've been all season, were absolutely careless. And, yes, that still comes back to coaching, but the the people kept talking about the substance. I don't care. It didn't It didn't matter who was in the game. They were all just throwing it around carelessly and sloppy. That, that's just plain and simple. Yeah, I – all right. So, if, if we want to put the season into a, a little – into – and we want to put it into, like, a glass box and we, we want to focus on the one thing – um, which is that last game and that loss, it was bad. It was really bad. It's honestly one of the most frustrating games as a Tigers fan that I watched in a really long time. And that's saying something, but I think it's frustrating because you got outplayed, you got out coached. There should never with with the the coaches that are on that bench, there is never a time. And you can you can pick the team. I don't care. There is never a time that you should get out coached. Those guys shouldn't be running the same, you know, two or three sets and scoring on you with ease and will. 
like with, with no changes being made. And, and I, I hear Penny in the press conference say, well, in practice, we do it all right. But in games, we're not doing it right. Well, part of being a good fucking coach is to make sure that in the games, they're prepared to do it right. And when they're not, you've got to on the fly, make sure that they are getting it right. And that's not happening. And to me, that's the most frustrating thing at all. And I'm not saying any of them are bad coaches. What I am saying is they are getting out coached, which is unacceptable. Um, Well, did you see, you know, a lot of the things they talked about today was the disgust. And they actually were talking about this. If you were listening to the commentary during the game, the disgust of Larry Brown on the sideline that they kept showing hand, hand, uh, face in his palms, you know, the looks he kept making. He was so disgusted by what he was watching. Well, I mean, how could you not be? I mean, at some point, too, I guess, well, I guess when do you say, all right, I've coached these guys, I've shown these guys, we've done it right, they know what to do. When I ask them what to do, they can tell me, but yet they're just not doing it. So at what point do you go, all right, you guys, I'm done, you figure it out. And this is either going to go really bad, which to me, this is what it looked like. It looked as though they just stopped coaching these guys because they were like, well, they're either going to figure it out or we're going to see how bad this can get. Um, either way, they, they got beat by a team that won two games last year. And to be honest, the, those guys that were, were scoring at will, like no disrespect to them, but I don't even think they're – I just think they're average Big 12 players. Like I, I really do. Like I don't think they're anything – Yeah, special. I mean that that's the thing they said. You know, the Virginia Tech win was actually good because people expect Virginia Tech, even with that loss, to 100% be a tournament team, whereas – Iowa State probably not. They'll be humbled and come back to earth. But with that being said, I'm not mad that Memphis got humbled. This 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 is a reality check that they need before this run of SEC games. I'd rather take this loss and be able to win these SEC games coming up, um, especially against ranked opponents. You know, I definitely don't want to lose to, to Ole Miss. We definitely always want that Tennessee win. Um, Alabama would be nice. At very minimal, I, I would definitely like to take three out of four, but I'm greedy. I want I want all four. Um, they they were talking about they've never actually even done this in the history of their program, had four SEC um, games like this. I mean, it's 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 a different season when you've got so many teams in close proximity to you that are easy to get to and probably at the time easier to schedule and. Like, why not play those teams when you can? Um, I I'm all about that schedule. I'm all about them them scheduling us, you know. But what can't happen is we go on Wednesday to Georgia and we lay another egg. Yeah, that's um, that's when you start pulling the alarms because if you they're not to there. Georgia, yeah. Georgia's not a good – they're an SEC school, but they are not a good SEC basketball school. I mean, that's that's fact. Um, they are not – they're not in the top 25, which they shouldn't be, and they're not a team that, you know, you should go in and have a tough time with. I think you need to figure some things out, and I think you need to make a statement. You need to go and you need to win, and you got to win big. 
Um, same thing for the next game at Ole Miss. You need to go make a statement, go and win big. After that, then you start getting into higher caliber teams, Alabama, Tennessee, and then you got Murray State thrown in there too that um, you just need to win games or at the very least minimize turnovers and play well. Um, it, it, the turnovers are frustrating, the lack of of defensive, not so much defense because they do play defense, but it's teams that are running good offensive sets we get taken advantage of and we can't. So that that's hopefully stopped um, starting Wednesday. Um, but I, I don't know. How do you feel about these rankings? You feel like anybody that sticks out to you that you're like, man, like I didn't see them coming or man, that team is struggling no i mean based upon what i've seen and i've I've only seen so many games i watched the the ucla gonzaga game i didn't even get to watch the duke gonzaga one um um i watched uh kansas get beat in the uh last second shot um that was a good game uh so i haven't got to watch too much really focused in on memphis so i can't really say i have a problem with anything so I, here's what I'll tell you. The one team that is now, like, it was surprising, but not so much anymore, um, and it's because I've had a couple of chances to watch them, is Purdue. Purdue runs long offensive sets. They take up a lot of the shot clock. They make a lot of passes. They take really good shots in regards to the selection of shots they take. They got two big men that dominate the paint, and they flat out are a like, up and down are a very balanced and very good basketball team. Um, I would probably put them up in the category of as balanced as a team as Gonzaga, um, but maybe not as skilled like and athletic as teams like Duke. So, um, but. I, I think they're a team to watch out for. I think they're they're going to win the Big Ten, and I think they're going to be a second weekend tournament team. So, oh, big predictions early. Yeah, you've heard it. You've heard it here first. So, uh, with that big big bombshell and that big prediction, let's move on to some college football. Um, and I'll walk you through our week last week with our predictions, but I will also uh give us a chance to talk about the games don't ignore the song daniel uh, did you just blow through it don't don't ignore it i i'm going to ignore it um but it, anyhow so yes you you're right um our games last week we we picked Three of the same games, and then we had two games are are less than seven point, are more than seven point game where we got to choose our own. So uh, the games of the week that we picked, uh, Michigan, Ohio State, you took Michigan plus eight. I took Ohio State minus eight. Michigan ended up doing what they do and just totally just put it on, put it on them. Um, they, you ended up getting a point for that i did not uh you did pick mississippi state however 
getting a point against Ole Miss. I took Ole Miss giving a point. Ole so Miss I, ended up winning. On that game, I didn't get to watch it because it was taking place at the same time I was at the Saints game. Mm-hmm. I heard that there were three drops, two specifically that were touchdowns. So, man, come on, dogs. It'd be better for Will Rogers. Well, I mean, I – I didn't. I didn't watch the game either. Uh, there was another game that I was more invested in than that one. Um, and once that game was over, I was kind of out of football action for the night. <laughs> so, um, but then we we picked Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. You took Oklahoma, getting four points. I took Oklahoma State, getting or giving four points, and we ended up pushing, so we didn't get anything. Oklahoma State won by four. Um, the next game you picked LSU and you got two points uh, for that because they did they they beat Texas A&M they were getting six and a half anyways I took Iowa Iowa was giving one and a half I got two points for that you got two points for LSU and your big dog you took Cincinnati uh, giving 14 they ended up just totally dominating East Carolina. You got two points for that. I took Georgia giving 35, and they absolutely demolished. So you uh, mean their- to tell me I finally get the three-point and the two-point, and so do you, and I gained no ground? You gained zero ground. We both we both got six points this week. So you started with 23. Um, you got one point for Michigan, two points for LSU, three points for Cincinnati victories. Uh, you got six points total. Your total is now 29. Uh, I started the week with 30 points. I got one point for Ole Miss, two points for Iowa, three points for Georgia for a total of six points. I went from 30 points to 36. First now, week I've ever gotten six points and I gained nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. Wait, wait to let me just get something. Golly, Daniel. You you are welcome. I told you. No ground to be gained here. But we got championship weekend coming up. There's you you can tell me as many or as little games as you want to pick, and we can go with it. How many Um, is there in total there? There is, I mean, championship games. I mean, if you're counting uh non-power five. Or you just want to do Power Five? Power Five. Well, we got to throw in the the American too, right? Yeah. Well, you know what? Like, what? Let's just scroll real fast. Two, four, five, six, seven, eight. There's only eight. Oh, we'll pick all eight. Let's go. Let's run them. Let's 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 just do them in a point piece, and we'll run them top to bottom. All right. UTSA. Um, Western Kentucky. Let's go, let's go Western Kentucky just because I have no reason at all. Well, I, I see. So we, we're not worried about spreads. We're just picking win, winners and losers, correct? Or are we going to do spreads as well? We'll just go winners and losers. One point, winners, losers, eight games. Let's just run it. All right. I'm going to take UTSA. Give me those dudes. They uh they, they they show me against Memphis that they were they were pretty legit. All right. Oregon, Utah. Who you got? Pac twelve championship. Utah has 
demolished Oregon once. Can they do it again? Give me Utah. Oh, you're going to take Utah. I am going to take Oregon. I don't think Oregon is going to take it twice on the chin. Um, I actually think they're going to give it to Utah this time. Uh, Baylor, Oklahoma State. Who you got? Mm. Mm. I'm going to take, take Baylor because you're going to take Oklahoma State. No one you, know, you know I'm going with the fighting Gundies. You know it, but I will tell you this. There's never been a season with more on the line than what's on the line right now for Oklahoma State. So this is a big, big, big – I mean, they're, they're putting the big in the Big 12 championship. This is a must-win if they want to keep a national championship spot alive. All right, we got Mountain West. You got Utah State, San Diego State. Who you got? San Diego State. I once lived on that campus. Oh, really? Yes, sir. I'm going to take. Eh. Yeah, give me, give me, uh, give me the Utah State. Give me the Utah State guy. All right. Georgia, 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 Georgia. Georgia. B- by 30. By 30? <laughs> you think so? Dude, Alabama, look, I don't care what anybody says. I watched every single second of that Alabama-Auburn game. Alabama didn't win that game. Auburn lost that game. Dude, that coach, he gave – look, he, they could have gave Alabama the ball back with less than 40 seconds left and no timeouts. And this dude found a way to make that not happen. And even before that even got to there, when they were up 10 nothing, they threw the ball the very first play, and it was a pick. I don't know why they weren't even already trying to run clock there at the at – the, I think it was like the seven-minute mark. Like, they did everything to let them back in the game. And then they should have went for two in overtime because if they extended it, they know they weren't going to win. I, I, I can pick apart that game. That was – that was Auburn losing, not Alabama winning. Alabama should have lost to LSU also. They could have arguably should have lost to Florida earlier in the season. Alabama is not the Alabama we know. I, I agree, and that's why I'm going to go with Alabama. <laughs> hey, can I tell you this before we pick this next game to, to correlate it between the two? Um, I hope – that they do not put Cincinnati. If Georgia wins, I really hope they don't do Cincinnati a disservice and put them at the four spot because Georgia's so good, you're setting up the non-power five for such failure that then that gives them the major argument that they don't belong because you set them up against a team that has dominated anyone no matter who they were. All right, so what, what would cause more chaos? Georgia to win or Alabama to win? Alabama to win because I think that kicks Cincinnati out. You think so? You- because Michigan, if Michigan wins, they're in, and it would be Michigan, Alabama, Georgia, um, and wait, I'm forgetting. Michigan, Alabama, Georgia. No, I guess it depends on if they put the Big 12 winner in there, I guess. I don't know why I was thinking that automatically had them out. Yeah, I mean, is there a scenario where Alabama loses and they get in? No, and if they do, um, 
then the committee loses all credibility. I think that Big 12 champ would go before Alabama would. Okay. All right. But, yeah, well, what is Notre Dame – because they're sitting in the five spot and they don't play this week. Is Notre Dame have – if it would say if Michigan lost and Alabama lost, does Notre Dame slide in there? I mean, I think they do. This bullshit. This, well, yeah. <laughs> so let's let's hope that that doesn't happen, right? All right. So Houston, Cincinnati, Cincinnati, and I think that, and I think really because Houston's ranked, um, and Cincinnati did beat Notre Dame. Like I just don't see how you could take them out if they do beat Houston. But I, yeah. I got Cincinnati. I'll take Cincinnati. I want to see it. Them and if Michigan stays two, and if Houston can be three. I mean, excuse me, Cincinnati can be three. That gives Cincinnati a fair shake. You see what I'm saying? Like, I don't think they would beat Michigan. They could. I mean, but, I mean, just don't put them against Georgia. Just don't do that to them. I mean, it, be prepared for that to happen. If if uh, if if Michigan – if if Alabama loses and Michigan wins. Michigan will be a two. Yep. Today would be three. So, yeah, the, the Big 12 winner is going to slide to that four spot or Notre Dame. I, I, so, they wouldn't jump them. And Notre Dame can't jump Cincinnati because they beat them head-to-head. So, that, that's that's what I would want. I would want Michigan and Cincinnati matched up. Okay. Who you got, Michigan or Iowa? Michigan, I, I took, maybe. I took Cincinnati. That's so. my that's my team. You didn't know? Oh, now, now it's your team again? I had all the feels watching that game in the snow. I just want to go out there. I, I bet you did. I'll take Michigan. I I, I want to see it. I want to see him in. All right, ACC championship game. It's really strange not to see uh, a orange Clemson Tiger logo right there, but, hey, they're not there. So and you they, got Pittsburgh or Wake. And I know they've been down as of recent years, but, like, when you think about no Miami, no Florida State, no Clemson, it's like, what? Um, yeah. Let's go Pittsburgh. You're going Pittsburgh. I'm going Wake Forest, baby. Oh, there's a chance for me to make up some serious ground this week. Uh, I mean, we. You sure you don't want to take Iowa so I can just really gain some ground? I mean, I'm get, I'm taking Alabama for you. Yeah, like, that, was, that was that was a. I'm, I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm not convinced, but if there's any team that I'm gonna pick against you and, and feel like I have a shot, it's gonna be that one. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State's a good chance for you. They're they're probably the better team than Baylor. I picked Baylor on purpose because I knew you'd pick Oklahoma State. Of course. I'm going with Gundy all the way. All the way. Well, before right, we get off college football, we got to talk about the big news. The big news that I hate. I don't all care. Right, I don't care that Brian Kelly has won everywhere he's been. I don't want anything that came from Notre Dame and Louisiana. And so boo on that hire. I understand why they did it. Uh, they lost out on Lincoln Riley. The lane train is going nowhere. Uh, the the question I wanted to ask you, and we haven't discussed this at all, you know, the, there was talks that, you know, maybe Joe Brady could be back in the conversation. And people said, well, he's in the NFL now. Carolina is kind of free-falling, and Cam is showing that Cam is – not what they were hoping he would be. He's the one that they sent packing. 
I would kick the tires, especially when LSU's throwing money around between 10 and 13 million a year. Like, I, that's just me. I don't know. I mean, everybody's built differently. I was really hoping it'd be Joe Brady. Maybe, I mean, uh, you would know better than I do, but maybe he doesn't like LSU as much as people, <laughs> people think he does. It was more fun when it was Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and Justin Jefferson. Uh, <laughs> fucking right it was. I mean, <laughs> what would you – I mean, you either draft guys and you don't have a whole lot of say in – you, you plug the holes the best that you can, but you got people above you helping you make decisions in college. Like you're the guy, like you're going and getting those guys. So it definitely helps to have a Jamar chase, a Joe Burrow uh, on your team. You know, when you don't have those, it's like, eh, it's very hard to get me to go there. knowing I'm going to be struggling. I mean, how 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 many years does it take before they bounce back? Well, I mean, they got a bunch of young guys to build on now, even though they had a lot of guys hit the transfer portal. The one thing about recruiting for LSU is it's actually not too hard because most kids that grow up in Louisiana want to play for LSU. The ones who end up not going to LSU is because Alabama usually stole them away. Um, so he doesn't have to work too hard from that. Look, here's here's what I said. Somebody said it best. He either wins there or he loses and gets fired and gets paid off just like Les Miles and Coach O did. He's in the best situation ever. People don't even realize that because if you don't do well after two to three years, LSU will fire you and they will pay you a lot of money to leave. So you either win there, turn it around, and keep a, a program that has been top-notch for the last you know two decades or you get paid a lot of money to bounce. You go hang out on the beach with Coach O and – Less miles. So the, the question now is, is who who's going to coach Notre Dame? That That is the question because um, the Oklahoma job, I forgot who it was. They, they may be right there. Um, some Somebody already snatched up the Oklahoma job. Like, I mean, this coaching carousel is, is something. Lincoln Riley just all of a sudden shooting for USC, which – all that told us was he didn't want no part of the the SEC because if you weren't going to go to LSU, why would you not stay at Oklahoma? You got a good thing there. That man wants to yeah. go out to the Pac-12 where it's easy. Um, you know, Florida made their hire. But, I mean, these these coaches, man, it, it's crazy. Anybody, uh, everybody, everywhere. Uh, the more that I look at it, I think the one thing that makes sense at Notre Dame is, you go get this guy right here. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, just as far as where he is in relation to Notre Dame and the type of the type of athlete that you can get out of Cincinnati in regards to SEC is similar to the type of athlete that you can get for <coughs> Notre Dame. There's, there's different challenges, obviously, with academics and things like that, but you're not able to get as many of the super high like star recruit athletes to come in there. But I will say transfer rules are going to change the game. Um, and you never know, he might be good autumn, you know, right off the jump uh, with the right guys. 
Hey, one, one more note, not a not a coaching note, but before we move on to NFL, um, obviously, you know, Memphis is playing in Hawaii for the bowl game. You know, if you're going to have a season that didn't go your way, at least go to Hawaii, bro. Yeah, let's go to Hawaii and let's end this season. I mean, I don't know. But, you know what I'm saying? You get what I'm saying? Like, I'm not even trying to be funny, like, your season didn't go the way you want, but hey, you end on a trip to Hawaii. That's, I mean, that that's something. I'm not even being funny. I like that's cool for those kids. It's yeah, better than the, like, I mean, LSU LSU's fixing to go play in a bowl game in Shreveport, dude. They're going freaking a few hours from home to play in a no name bowl, like because they're doing it right. Like they realize, like, see, here's the thing: the expectations at LSU is to win a national championship. So when you don't, you get punished by going to the Shreveport Bowl. <laughs> Memphis is like, you know, we didn't have such a good season, but gosh darn it, like, I want to reward you guys with a trip to Hawaii. Let's go there. No. You better take your ass to Birmingham and play in the Gator Skins Loafer Bowl. <laughs> I mean... Come on now, what are we talking about? I mean, I, I'm happy they're in a the bowl. I'm happy they won. I'm happy they beat Tulane. I, you know, I think that would have been a, a very, not being bowl eligible this year would have been a pretty sour, sour mark on, on the season and, um, made us question even more the the coaching hire of Ryan Silverfield. But I mean, they're in a the bowl. Maybe they can go win. I mean, if they win, I mean, shit, that's two bowl games more than we've seen in other previous regimes. So um, there's that. Uh, but let's move on. Let's talk NFL before we get out of here. Um, Washington holds on. They beat Seattle tonight, Monday night football. And can I tell you right off the top, do you know what that does for Washington? Uh, <laughs> they are holding – yeah, it catapults them into a playoff position at four and six. <laughs> they are absolutely at five and six, but they 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 are holding the seventh spot. They are holding the wild card in the NFC. Oh my! You know, you know the Cowboys right now. I mean, obviously they lost in overtime to the Raiders, and it, it took really a a fourth quarter for them to turn it around and even still they they couldn't find a way to beat the Raiders seven and four the Cowboys right now are just lucky that they're playing in a division with Washington Philly and the Giants I mean I I want to thank the the New York Giants for beating the the Eagles this past week um nothing would have been better than for the Seahawks to beat the Redskins or the Washington football team um but you know, either way, it's it's okay. Cowboys still sitting at the top. Bears beat the Lions by two. The Bills, you know, I we'll get into this in a minute. You know, I got to get your take on it, but I want to go through the rest of these games first. Bucks uh, come back and and you know they were it was twenty. I want to say it was double digit lead for the Colts for a while, and they just came storming back. Uh, the Bengals just demolished the Steelers. The Dolphins put it 
put it on the Panthers. Not pretty shocking if you think about it. Um, Patriots doing the Patriot things. Um, obviously, the Titans got a lot of guys out. Uh, Patriots win big. Giants do me a favor and the Cowboys a favor. They beat the Eagles. The Falcons, uh, big day from uh, Patterson. Uh, he ends up putting them over the top, beating the Jags. Jets win against Texans. Broncos beat the Chargers. And I, I didn't say anything to Randy. I didn't do any group text or anything like this. But uh, the guy that looked like the GOAT a week ago didn't look so hot this week. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I'll just leave it at that. Packers beat the Rams. And I I don't even I don't even know who the Packers are. Like, I just don't. Are they good? Are they not good? When they win, I I don't even know how they win, but they do. So 49ers beat Vikings and the Ravens. I'll I'll just say this. The Browns create four turnovers and still lose the game. Like, I don't know how that happens. You know why? Because I try to tell y'all, it wasn't just an OBJ thing. Baker Mayfield stinks, bro. Hey, I mean, it's – we're finding that out, you know, more and more as the season rolls on. And I think Baker is, is if he doesn't get any better, if they don't pull this thing together, they're going to really be looking at him on this hot seat. Jared Goff style. Like, <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I don't know if you want to be on that, on that radar, but right now they got to figure it out. But I want to go back to this this Saints game, man. Um, obviously, you know you're a realist. You're also a good a fan. You knew going in that the Bills were probably the better team. They may not have been playing better, but I mean everything points to them being a better team. So the reality that the Saints are going to come away with the victory is slim, but it's not out of the realm of possibilities based on how the Bills have played. But did you ever imagine it would be? this bad um yeah really um because like like i said without alvin Kamara or mark ingram and then trevor simeon not only starting but playing the whole game um i could see it getting that bad because honestly the 31 points isn't indicative of the saints defense the saints um inability to drive anywhere down the field or give them any kind of field position was was terrible and dude they had Taysom right there beside Peyton the whole time like he's gonna go and he didn't even my biggest issue was he didn't even play anything they could have used any kind of spark on offense um but Simeon was terrible I don't, I don't know what they're doing um and the the worst part other than the Bills smacking us down was they up into I don't have the exact number, but double digit plus Saints games. I've never seen even I've even been to a Cowboys game and people will say the Cowboys um notoriously will take over a place. No, man. And I and I talked to a lot of the Bills fans. They were cool. Um, that is how the Bills Mafia rolls. They took over our house. So not only did they beat us in our house, they took over our house. When when they were chanting at the end of the game, I was like, You've got to be kidding me. The only silver lining I have for that game. Daniel is that Drew Brees came out and addressed the crowd for the first time after retirement at halftime and had the loudest who that chant like going and you know it was cool with um Miss Benson and everything so 
there was that, but just leaving me believing that Taysom was going to come in at some point, and he never did, and Alvin not playing. And I'm excited that Taysom's going to be the starter this week against the Cowboys, and Alvin's going to be back because they are playing the Cowboys. But it kind of salts the wound because, obviously, I was on the eighth row. Um, couldn't have been any closer with the, you know, the view that I had, and I didn't get to see either of my boys play. Tough pill to swallow, and and lucky for me being a Cowboys fan, I get the Saints, you know, at as full, as healthy as they can be, with the exception of 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 Jameis being hurt, and I and I don't even know if he's considered. Uh, if you guys aren't still considered to be at your your healthiest with with Taysom starting, you know, quarterback, it just depends on who you ask, and I know what you would say. Um, but let, let's talk last week. Last week um, was uh, with predictions. It was a it was a rough it was a rough rough week for you. Um, you went two and four. You did pick up victories because Buffalo covered and the Bengals covered, but you picked the Cowboys to cover. That did not. You picked the Colts uh, getting three. You picked the Rams getting one, and you picked the Browns getting four. None of those things came to fruition. So last week you started 31 and 16. This week you went two and four. Your total now is 33 and 20. Uh, you know, not too bad. You're, you're still in first place. I'll give you that. 33 and 20, still in first place. Um, my week was a little bit better. I went four and two. Uh, I did take the Cowboys and lost that game, but I took Buffalo to cover, which they did. I took the Bucks to cover, which they did. Um, I took the Rams. They uh, were getting a point. They lost. I took the Ravens to cover. They did. And I picked the Bengals to cover, and they did. I went 4-2, and two, started the week 23-18, and 4-2 and two this week. 27-20 and 20 is where I stand in second place, so I'm still – Six games back, but it's closer than I was last week. So I, I'm I'm confident moving forward. So I'll, I'll turn it to you, man. Do you want to go ahead and pick this first game, or you want me to throw it out there? Because I think we both know what it's going to be. Man, I'll go ahead and take it. Give me them Saints. You, you sure you don't want to hedge your bets like you did last week? No, Taysom's fixing to take it to y'all, and Alvin is going to be unleashed. Let's go. Saints are getting four and a half. Y'all just worry about keeping COVID out the locker room, okay? I mean, Kellen Moore might be getting his coaching debut, and it, it might be a glorious thing. He might never look back. All right. Game two. Give me, I mean, we could pick any of the games, but I'm going to take the Bucks. They're going to cover that 11 for sure. Yeah, I'm going to take the Bucks simply because the Falcons are really relying on Patterson. That's not the first, second, or third game he's played like that. And if there's anything the Bucks don't let you do is run the ball. So you can nix right. that. All right. Who you, what, what's your next game, Jim? Give me oh yeah, go to that Bengals game. Give me they just got cover three. Yeah, give me them Bengals. 
said, you know what, they uh, played well last week, so I'm going to take them this week. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't see any fault in that. Got the Bengals cover three. You know what, uh, I'm going to take, oh, man. Give me, give me the Chargers. I think they're going to bounce back. Bengals defense stout. Herbert's going to have another bad game. Sweet. He'll be all right. I think it it might be a a shootout. Might be a shootout. 30, 29 to 30. Chargers plus three. Um, I'm going to go with a bit. Give me, give me the Ravens. I'm gonna take the Ravens minus three and a half. Yeah, yeah, so why the Steelers are terrible. Taking the Ravens too. Yeah, the Steelers are terrible. All right. Uh, who you got? Who you taking? Um, who's Monday Night Football? Oh, that's it. I want those pedestrian patriots who've been beating all the bottom of the barrel teams and the Bills who found their way in New Orleans at home covering the three. They're going to get three. I am going to take the Bills, and I think Josh Allen is going to have a day. He's going to do well for you. There you go. You, I'm playing you in fantasy. That should, uh, not, that should I, not be what you want. Uh, I, I know, but I'm, I'm gonna. I, I did also say that Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert were gonna have a, a shootout, I even though I, I don't know if I'm gonna start Lamar Jackson. You might have some PTSD after last week. I know. I'm I'm very hesitant. Like I think I already switched it to Burrow. I mean, if you could put him, I mean, especially because you got running back issues. If you could actually put him in his natural position, you'd be good. <laughs> nah, man. I I don't know. We got we got a couple of days before I gotta start worrying too hard about it. But I I will probably Wednesday night start thinking. You know, start having second thoughts. Um, for me, last game, give me. Oh man, mm. bunch of slaw games, boy. I tell you, I know. Man, um, I need some barbecue to go with that slaw. <laughs> Golly, give me, give me the Giants. Give me the Dolphins. Ray Finkel is going to be in the house. That's why I picked that. I had a feeling you were going to go Dolphins, and I needed I need to cover. Oh, man, look, I just seen the highlight. They're showing um, bad beats on Scott Van Pelt Sports Center. I just saw the drop touchdown by the Mississippi State running back. It is terrible. Muy terrible. All right, Jim. Those are our picks. Let's oh, there's the other one. Oh, my God. I wish I'd never looked at the TV, Daniel. I'm disgusted. 
Well, let's not end on a sour note. Let's do the last call. What you got? Um, yeah, man. Uh the Texas Rangers, I don't have all the names in front of me, but um basically shelling out a bunch of dough and getting a bunch of players today, and then Max Scherzer to the to the Mets. There's been a lot of baseball movement today. I wish I actually had a list of them all prepared. I meant to actually write it down, but I guess my point that I'm trying to get out is, uh, you know, baseball's over, but it's not, man. Moves are being made immediately, and Texas was the the front runner to go out and start spending some cash. Have the Braves re-signed Freddie Freeman yet? No, man, I don't know what the Braves are doing. And the problem with the not signing Freddie Freeman just makes me feel like that much more scared of your prediction of Austin not getting paid. Like, these dudes seem very stingy. Yeah, it's but I, I think a lot of it is they they think they're going to do a lockout. Like they, that's the the fear right now. Lockout. I don't know. You got to have Randy on to talk about the implications of a lockout in regards to contracts and money. But it's uh it's definitely something that's been talked about, and it's not hindering guys from moving, but it is probably hindering teams from re-signing guys for big time contracts. I got I got the funniest thing for you on baseball I'll make you laugh since you said no on sour note before you do your your last call. My wife was talking about why don't you go down there and work at base sports performance with with Billingsley and the guys I said they do baseball specific workouts. They don't do weight training like me. Baseball player baseball players don't get jacked. I said maybe one out of every 10 and then she sends me a picture of Tyler Tyler O'Neill and said is this one of the 10? And I said, absolutely. <laughs> but his dad, I told I sent her a picture right back of uh, his dad as Mr. Olympia, and I said, he's also got genetics. I mean, I don't know what should worry you more, that you don't look like Tyler O'Neill, or your wife can quickly find a quick picture of him and send it to you. <laughs> I, got no, I got no beef, man. I got no beef. Man. She, she, can, she can look at Tyler O'Neill. I mean, it's actually an upgrade. She used to think Matt Holiday was attractive, and, like, I'm better looking than that cat. Uh, uh, debatable. <laughs> <laughs> I got hair, bro. Hey. All right. Last call for me. You want power five or not so powerful five? Uh, I usually always have you do the not first, so let's do powerful first. All right, power five. Coming in at number five, Duke basketball. Duke basketball, undefeated. Took down Gonzaga, kind of flying under the radar based on the season they had last year. Everybody knows the name, knows that they were good, but I don't think anybody thought that they were going to take down Gonzaga, um, especially with the way Gonzaga had been playing. So Duke basketball, number five. Number four, USC football. Um, you wanted to make a good hire. You wanted to make somewhat of a splash hire. You went out and stole basically – one of the hottest names in coaching uh, from Oklahoma, uh, Lincoln Riley. He's there, so you got to shout out them for going, and, and I think they targeted him, and that's the guy they wanted, and damn it if they didn't go out and just get him. Uh, coming in at number three, the Patriots. Um, you know, it's hard to put the Patriots in here, but it's hard not to as well because they're finding ways to win, and they, they just beat a Titans team that's uh, pretty bad. Obviously, they got some injuries. That, really hurting what they can do but at the end of it man they're, they're sitting 
top of the division, which is probably something that nobody thought would happen. Yeah, I, I had a Titans fan try to tell me about injuries, and as a Saints fan, I said, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> oh, coming in at number two, Leonard Fournette. Uh-huh. I mean, what a day that guy had. And, of course, like we talked about it, uh, it seems like every time there's a guy who has a 40, 50-point unbelievable fantasy game, one of us is always playing them, and I happen to be playing a guy that had Leonard Fournette. So, uh, you know but, why he? Do you know why he runs so well, Daniel? I know you see his pads show up underneath his his jersey all the time. Well, I'm sure it has something to do with LSU. Yes, you know he still wears his college football pads. They are purple well, and gold. Well, good for him. I mean, you know that's that's he's he'll never forget. Never forgets where he came from. Good for him. Coming in at number one. Yeah, hold on, hold on. Backtrack. I'm I'm bothering your five. You do you, do you know his story? Do you know that he was stuck for that on that bridge for two weeks during Katrina when he was nine years old? He is he is absolutely Louisiana through and through. That's good. That's why I said he's never forgetting where he's from. I know that's just crazy. That it's wild. He was stuck on that bridge for two weeks with like no food or shelter, like. Dude, like, man, I would, like, represent everything Louisiana, too, if I if I lived and survived through that. But anyway, moving on. My bad. Well, I mean, apparently he had a, mem- a very memorable halftime speech uh, this past week, and it propelled them to victory. So I don't know what was said, but they said that he had some words to say, and it was motivating, and it, and it got them going. So <laughs> He said, if y'all ain't lived through Katrina, I don't want to hear your excuses get to work. That's right. That's right. Coming in at number one, Michigan. Michigan football has been notoriously, uh, you know, famous for losing the game that they needed to win to propel them. And it it always comes down to Ohio State. So nine times, not, what was it, 2006? Yeah, I mean, they had lost eight straight, so it took Uh, the ninth try to beat them. Yeah, I want to say the the last time they beat Ohio State, Ohio State really was like I, I don't think they were having that great of a season, and they mm-hmm. Miami or Michigan was the favorite. And and the game I always think of the last time it was hype like this was when Troy Smith won the Heisman that year, and they were both ranked in the top five, and Michigan got shellacked. And so even when it's been hyped in previous times before, it still was Ohio State dominance. Yeah, and I mean, so the the downside to the Michigan victory is that a Michigan loss this week could easily flip them to the other <laughs> side, um, you know, and it could be the I told you so, the top five I told you so. But uh, right now they're sitting number one in the power five. They had a good week. They did what they needed to do, and they're putting themselves in a position to win a Big Ten championship, but more importantly, putting themselves in a position to make the college football playoff and and compete for a national championship so uh moving on not so powerful five number five memphis basketball um i'm not gonna i my first my first inclination was to put the number one but that was a very like fan approach and very like knee-jerk reaction but the more i sat on it the more i thought about it uh given the 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 age of some of these guys, given the where we're at in the season, and given the fact that I mean Iowa State just flat out might be a good team, you guys got to give them a little. You could really make the whole not power five just our teams. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> watch. Watch what's about to happen here. So, it's funny you say that. Coming in at number four, LSU football. And I, I originally had LSU number four on the list because they had yet to make a hire, and it seemed like, well, who are they going to go get? Now they go get Kelly, and it's like, I still think they're you thought about deserving. moving up the list. <laughs> I mean, I, they're still deserving to be on the list because I, I don't know if that's the guy. Like, I mean, was Jim, Randy? You, Randy said you have to make a splash. There is nothing splashy about that hire. But I mean, I think a bigger splash is to name some a no name guy at like a, a a school that that's been winning. Like a, I, I don't know, like a. I just, I don't I mean and that came out of left field. I I never saw that coming. And that that was going to be my question to you like and you follow message boards you follow, like was this guy even a thought? I mean I that nobody's happy about it that I've seen. Well, but was he even in the discussion when they were trying to find a coach? Was No, 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 like, no, no, oh, no. Oh, I get what you're saying. No, 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 no. He wasn't he wasn't on the message boards at all. There was all there was was to talk about. Well, Lincoln Riley's gone. Um, you know, are we? Is there any way we can pull Joe Brady? Or there was even talk of Dave Aranda, our old defensive coordinator. There was nothing about Kelly. Well, and that's what puts him at number four. Coming in at number three, Oklahoma football. So, not only. Dude, you start getting shellacked once you make the the jump, you know, to the SEC. You up and lose your coach. Like, what point? What's the 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 point of going to the SEC and then turn around losing your coach? And now on top of that, you're losing your quarterback. I mean, like things are going south quick. That's why Oklahoma is number three. Coming in at number two, Cowboys defense. Uh, for a defense that's shown signs of, of being a lot better, um, it's really what's holding them back as of late because I think they're scoring enough points to win games. It's just defense is just giving up too many. Um, and then finally, coming in at number one, Lamar Jackson. <laughs> you got to do better, bro. Like, not only are you costing me in fantasy, but you had four turnovers. Four turnovers against a, a, a team that's not that good. And to be honest, like, I, I look at your record and I go, I don't know if you're that good, but you're winning games. So I, I, I am asking Lamar Jackson over the next two days to give me some sort of sign to tell me because I need to win this week in fantasy against Jim. And I need you to tell me one way or another, one sign. If it's if if you're not the guy, just give me that sign and that's fine. I'll go a different direction. But if you are the guy, I need something to validate that sentiment. So please give me something. Pick whoever, Jim, whoever you need, man. I, I I don't know. I'm at a loss. I I I've Tried a few different things and nothing seems to be working as of late. But still got a playoff spot. 
like you still got a chance to to stay in it. So that's what I'm gonna do. Um, it just sucks that I I, I got to do it against you. But power five, not powerful five. What a way to end it! Another great great episode. I want to thank Ali Stumler for joining us. Um, I I plan on having her back. I don't know about you, Jim, but I I have a good feeling that we we might they might be running it back. I mean, she she kills it, bro. I'm I'm oh, game. Definitely, for sure. She's she's killing it. Um, and if you like hearing her kill it, or other athletes kill it, or if you just like hearing us average shows talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, your comments, ratings, and feedback is always welcome. We'll see everybody back next week for episode 13, where we will be talking to Mississippi State athletics expert, best-selling author, and host of the Boneyard podcast, Steve Robertson. This has been the In Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong body, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We're out.